too soon the serums and the shocks took their toll, and the dear lad began to share such secrets with me, secrets that are mine alone to know, Bruce. It's true, Batsy. I know everything. And kind of like the kid who peeks at his Christmas presents, I must admit, sadly anticlimactic. Behind all the sturm and batarangs, you're just a little boy in a play suit crying for mommy and daddy. It'd be funny if it weren't so pathetic. Oh, what the heck, I'll laugh anyway. <laughs> the guts for that kind of fun, you would have done it years ago. I, on the other hand... You've lost, Batman. Robin is mine. The last sound you hear will be our laughter. That is. Why, hello, it's 5 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of July in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. Hello, how are you? It is uh, Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, if you'd like to join us today to ruminate about your anticipation for The Dark Knight, which premieres Thursday night at midnight, unless you're Sarah, in which case it premieres in 10 hours, something like that. What do you see at 9.45, 9.15? Yes, like 9.45. Are you excited? On the scale of 1 to 100, 1 being not excited at all and 100 being the most excited you've ever been about anything in your entire life. Uh, how excited are you, Sarah? I'd say I'm about at a 92. <laughs> I, Excellent. I mean, come on. We're such dorks. This marketing campaign has been going on for well over a year. Are you already a little... Um, are you anticipatorily sad about it, though? I really am, because that's what, you know, my Because your whole is, life is circled... Your whole my life, life is revolved around Batman. My blog, everything. It's like, what am I going to do after this point? And then I'm going to see it, and then I won't be able to tell anybody about it, because yeah. I will not, I will not do, give any spurs or do anything. I, I will not ruin the experience for anybody. But... Um, I'm just so excited. Yeah. I'm well, so excited. all right. Well, savor these last few hours before your whole life becomes meaningless again. I know. All right. Uh, it's and the IMAX theater, too. Yeah. Come on. 9.45 tonight? Not, yeah, I think 9.45. Very exciting. Because there's a, there's a press screening, and then there's I think it's at the same time as the... Um, the Why So Serious. The Why So Serious screening. Uh, I, however, will see you with the rest of the common people uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, 12.01, Friday. Uh, the Regal Cinemas in Tiger. You go to rickemerson.com right now. If you have not get, uh, gotten your tickets as of yet, you want to do it. Oh, we have a pair of tickets we're going to be giving away to that, by the way. We will be giving away... What is today, Tuesday? Yes, we got a pair of tickets uh, that we're going to be giving away to the Dark Knight uh, premiere, which is happening this coming Thursday night slash Friday morning. You go to rickemerson.com right now if you want to buy your tickets. Rickemerson.com. It is coming up this Thursday night, Friday morning. 
at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. Uh, AM 970 be there. We'll all be there. We're going to be uh, giving away a whole host of uh, Dark Knight memorabilia, swag, merchandise, gifts, gigaws, tchotchkes, and so forth. So uh, more details on that as the show progresses. 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join us today. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, and the somewhat unclassifiable. Uh, if you uh, want to email, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Tim at 970.am. Sarah at 970.am. Or Richie with a T. At 970.am. That, by the way, that opening sound clip is from Batman Beyond, uh, which I I think is sort of one of the movies, the feature-length movie spinoffs from Batman the Animated Series starring Mark Hamill as the Joker, which that cartoon is righteous, by the way. Um, And I always heard, I don't know if this is true, the whole thing, the the whole cartoon, the, the Batman Animated Series... Just has such a dark look to it. I mean, actually, literally just dark in terms of the color palette. And I always heard that it's because, the, as opposed to most animated programs, which are done on a white background, that when they did the Batman animated series, they actually animated everything on a black background. Uh, that they, in other words, instead of taking like a white piece of paper and drawing on it, they actually just started with black backgrounds. And if they needed any sort of light color, they added it over the top, which is why that whole thing is just so sort of bleak and grim looking. And fantastic. Uh, let's see. Uh, coming up today, uh, the triumphant return of Lisa Desjardins, who uh, rejoins us after having been on vacation. I don't know, d- d- skiing through the woods of Maine or whatever it is that you do when you're a New Englander. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will uh, join us today from the All-Star Game. Uh, we'll talk to Cena Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer, who talks about our two favorite things, airports and germs. Uh, Geek Watch coming up today. Uh, Penis Watch coming up today. Darwin Watch coming up today. Oh, and I've got a terrible story right here that I'll read... Early on, just to sort of set the tone for the entire program. Uh, what else? Top five. Yesterday's top five was not gotten to, uh, so we'll do it today because we got the Dark Knight uh, premiering. Today is Tuesday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so three days from now. Uh, the Portland premiere of the Dark Knight. Again, you can find out more at rickemerson.com or 970.am. So because we got the Dark Knight premiere coming up in three days, we're going to be counting down the top five uh, dark songs uh, of all time. The top five dark songs. So that's coming up today. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, I've got this fantastic audio from an infomercial that was on last night. This is why I love Laura. I went home, and I was I was in kind of a cranky mood yesterday. I just had either not enough caffeine or too much or not enough sleep or too much, and I bicycle home, and it was hot and sweaty, and just and a guy nearly hit me on the way home, and I'm not going to give another tiresome story about a car nearly running me down as I was on the road, but I, you know, I walk in the front door, and I was... Scary. Well, and it's on the front page of the Oregonian today. There's, I, was, I wasn't able to watch this, but this is... Oh, what it's you, all over the place. It's on my website if you want to go watch And this is the story you were talking about yesterday, right? And we're sort of all over the place already. But this is motorcycle versus bicyclist versus hood of the car. It's become the national rage. Yeah. yeah. Motorcycle versus bicyclist? No, it was, it was a guy in a car, and then he drove like a mile and a half or something with the cyclist on the hood of the car. to the windshield wiper. But what I did not realize, but what I now know, is that there's cell phone video of it. Yeah. <laughs> That almost makes it worthwhile. Not for the bicyclists, and of course, but for us. And it's decent video, too. Yeah. You can see it. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying that everybody should do this. I'm just, it's just, you wouldn't think it was real if you didn't know it was real. I mean, it looks fake. It looks like Adam Carolla ought to be doing voiceover for it. Uh, anyway, so we'll, so we'll talk about that. Um, but I got home yesterday, and I was just, it was just kind of a bad man. It was just, it was just freaking hot. And the house is air-conditioned, but it was one of those where I was just so hot that you actually can't even feel the air conditioning for no, five or six correct. minutes. You yeah. know what I mean? It, and it, 
Even with the air conditioner on, it only makes it so cold. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing is you can't, I mean, I can't make the house 55 degrees no matter how hard I try because it is sort of the irresistible force, immovable object thing where for every moment that I am having the air conditioner pour chilled air into the room trying to cool the house down, you've got that thing, the the sun, trying to make everything hot again. And, you know, that's a battle you're just never going to win. I mean, you can sort of temporarily stave off the heat, but it's never going to be like the Fortress of Solitude, much to my uh, much to my disappointment. Anyway, so I walked in, and I was feeling kind of cranky, and Lars said, how are you? And I said, I'm kind of in a bad mood. I just want to sit in a darkened room by myself. Don't look away. Uh, and she said, I have something that will make you feel better. And she had taped the best infomercial. Because I don't know if your regular DVR lets you do this, but with the TiVo, you know, there's that sort of buffer that happens. Uh, you know, so like when you're watching live TV, and it always saves the last 30 minutes of whatever the live TV show was. And if you want, you can save that last 30 minutes too. You can you can take that buffer and you can you just save it right under the hard drive. So there was a whole infomercial about knives being hosted by the biggest redneck I have ever heard in my entire life. It was unbelievable. And they were selling. I'm not making this up. For two hundred and eighty-eight dollars, they were selling. I swear to Christ. 295 knives. Who needs 295 knives? How many people could you possibly have to kill? 295 knives. For $288? For $288. Uh, That's like less than a dollar a knife, Rick. You know what that is, Sarah? Because he said this repeatedly. That's 98 cent a knife. 98 cent? It's less than a latte. Yes. What kind of knives? Like, like Stabbing kind. Oh, like all kill. pokey knives? There was uh, a bunch of, like, there was... Uh, we'll play the audio later. I have four segments of audio, which are just fantastic. But, of course, because they're Hicks, uh, it was, uh, you know, like knives with, like, a wildlife motif painted on the side. Or, like, one of, like, you know, one of, like, a proud Indian, like, riding a horse or something and, like, gazing off into the sunset. And then another, and then there was one that was all, like, it was like a Ren Fair theme. There was one that was, like, a Richard the Lionheart sword. But when you bought the Richard the Lionhearted sword, which had like a whole like coat of arms and a crest and everything on it, when you bought the Richard the Lionhearted sword, you also got a Dale Earnhardt knife along with it. Do you know anybody that would be interested in both of those things? Do you know anybody that wants simultaneously to own a Richard the Lionheart uh, like Celtic broadsword and a Dale Earnhardt knife? No, you no, don't. No, no, you pointedly don't know those people. No, you know somebody you who wants one or the other. People. Yeah. So in any so I, I got I got that and it's just. The great thing about it is, is it's like like all the infomercials. There's the the woman. She's sort of like the straight man, and then he's you know, and, and he's sort of the hype man. And so she would just be you know, like, well, we got these knives right here. And then in the background, you just hear this guy Chet or whatever his name is, the the knife guy, just losing his mind over how great a deal it is that you can get these 295 knives for just 98 cent each. Uh, so it's it's unbelievable. So we'll play that uh, later on, and uh, so forth. All right. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Tuesday. So that cyclist on the hood of the car video is making the rounds. It's going national, and it's become a national obsession. L.A. takes it one step further. Now they're having drive-by shootings by people on bikes. Excellent. Well, good to see they're going green, Tim. Well, the price of gas there, <laughs> it's really taking its toll on hitmen. Yeah. Uh, Beaverton apartment dweller files, uh, fires rather an AK-47 through the ceiling. A lurker scares a woman in the coup by cutting a hole in her screen. The Dark Knight makes its world premiere at Manhattan's Lincoln Center. Rumor has it there are more people in it than Heath Ledger. A teenager is recovering after being attacked with fireworks. Daycare children's faces are rubbed in feces. More soft core pornography featuring Miley Cyrus makes the internet. Oh, this is all happening too fast. A drink is killed by bears at a Ukrainian zoo. 
Well, okay. That's fantastic. Oh, by the way, Richie Bristol, uh, who's going to be visiting uh, Las Vegas, not this weekend, but I think next weekend, uh, and visiting one of their many law, uh, one of their many legal brothels. So apparently he was looking up, I guess that CBS will let you visit brothels, but not whorehouses. Because yesterday we were looking at the Chicken Ranch uh, brothel. Today he was trying to look at, I'm just saying this because this is what he told us. He was trying to look up, <laughs> quote, the Cherry Patch Whorehouse. And I guess you, that's just one step too far for CBS IT. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I just tried. Damn it. Uh, later on today, we'll be seeing what world travelers have to say about the prostitutes in Portland, though. You can look at it if you if you uh, cash it. Really? Uh-huh. Excellent. Uh, and, and so we'll do all of that, and then we've got uh, more email from guys uh, who have gone to in, in Nevada and taken the, taken the services of some of the lovely professional ladies there. Uh, so we'll find out more about that. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon, resplendent in her I Believe in Harvey Dent t-shirt. I know. I didn't want to be that person, but I am. I am going to be that person wearing the band be t-shirt to the concert. Don't be, oh, don't, be totally don't, don't be ashamed. Embrace it. I'm so excited. I'm going to go super early, too, and just to, like, see all the madness and chaos. And I keep seeing... Are you going with Squid? Yeah. Is he uh, painting his face like the Joker? No. I mean, I don't know. There's he no might, shame in that. He might do the clown thing. Well, Squid and his girlfriend, then I'm uh, bringing my friend Chris, and yeah, we're going to go. And I saw you bolt out of here yesterday so that Fat Boy in court wouldn't have a chance to sort of like, guess what happened to the night? Yeah. I mean, not that they would. They wouldn't spoil it, but I mean, no. I know you don't want to know anything. From this point on, you don't want to know anything Bobby about it. Bobby was so excited. He yeah. had already written like two pages on it, yeah. and he was he had been here for like three minutes. Yeah. No, he's uh, I, and and I should. And Aaron keeps sending me emails. About it. Scott, Scott saw it last night. That's the thing. Is, this is, do you know what it is? This is the calm before the storm. You've got to be really careful in the next day or two because everybody you know will slowly begin seeing it. Uh, I won't. And just to let everybody know, I will not say a damn thing I, about it. I got a bunch of those. When are you going to be? You're not going to talk spoilers. And I say no, that obviously we'll talk a little bit about the film after this weekend happens. But we'll give we'll give a you know a heads up before we say anything about it. This obviously. is what Aaron sends me. This is so mean. It's, the subject is it's so good. It's like it's perfect, so wonderful, so amazing. It's totally yeah. badass awesomeness wrapped in fried gold. Dip, dipped in mac and cheese, served in a bowl of stunning with a platter of genius. All right then. Well, in any event, uh, and, and this is not to, this is not to knock Fat Boy, but uh, and there's a lot of competition for this. But uh, he was trying to get a review posted on Ain't It Cool. It wasn't up as of this morning. Maybe it'll be there later today. But I did go to Ain't It Cool and I read, I read uh, uh, Quint at Ain't It Cool has a review up that is, you know, obviously spoiler free, but where he just. I mean, he just uncorked a big bottle of gush. Mm. This is the best thing that's ever been filmed. So, I mean, it's all very exciting. So if you want to be part of this, and I know you do, uh, this coming Thursday night, uh, Friday morning, 12.01 Friday, we'll be at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard for the world premiere of The Dark Knight. You must be there. You must be there. You must be there. Uh, and so forth. All right. Um... Yeah, I can't even. I can't even think about it. My mind. I'm not even allowing myself to even think about it. It's not. It's not even occurring. When to me. I was putting together that uh, that Batman animated uh, animated series clip uh, this morning, it was just kind of. I was giddying myself into. Uh, and I like. And I'm happy with myself about the fact. Like sometimes you lose some of that. Childlike innocence and wonder. You lose like the the nerdy giddiness, and I am like full on. Not me. Total geek mode. You know, totally excited. Here's the thing. Uh, the, the, you know, it, unlike a lot of people, I feel no urge to grow up, act my age, behave responsibly, become mature, uh, leave my juvenile whimsy behind. Doesn't matter. I don't care. We don't want you to. No, no and I, I like to surround myself with people who are the same way because every person I'm going with today, and every person who's going to be there tonight, I know is just as dorky well, and excited about it. As that's I. my thing. I mean, is it sort of like in you know and uh, whatever? I mean, not not to be all simultaneously cliche and heavy-handed about it, but I mean, 
You know, whatever. You're born, you got like 70-some years, and then it's just, and then it's dirt. And so, you know, whatever. Life life is too short just to sit in, well, I best, I, maybe I'll go home and watch According to Jim and then, you know, drink myself, you know, into oblivion while weeping. Screw that. Mm. You know, I got things to do. So we stood in line for Harry Potter. I'll be standing in line for The Dark Knight. Uh, and then after The Dark Knight, I was talking to Paddock about it. You know, it's like, it's like what's next? What is the next thing? I'm probably not going to be able to sleep tonight because it's at you know, 9.45, which means I'll be out at midnight, which means I'll be totally amped. And, and then you're going to go crazy. home and be replaying it in your head over and over No, again, then I'll obviously. probably just end up going out and being nuts and trying not to talk about it. Here's the thing. You know, you know what this is going to be the best moment for you in the movie? Is, is it just that moment when the lights go down. You know, when the lights... Because I've seen the intro, yeah. the opening part of it, yeah. you know, the first five minutes so many times with the, the blue flames coming out. Good evening. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tim. How's it going? What's up? Hello. I grew up with the uh, the Batman animated series, and that's what you know sparked my unconditional love for Batman. Sure. And uh, as much as uh, everything I remember about that cartoon is there was never... I think any kind of light-colored background, it was always either black or dark red. Yeah, they because this is... And I think Christina Carlson, who used to work on the show, I think the deal is that her aunt had worked... So a girl used to work on the show. Her aunt worked on the Batman animated series, and I think she's the one who told me that they animated it on a black background, not white, which is why the default tone in that series is so dimly lit. Because if they wanted anything bright colored, they had to add it in by hand because it was all on black. So it's righteous. And Mark Hamill, I mean, Heath Ledger is going to be great, maybe definitive, all of that. you got to give it up to Mark Hamill, though, who was the voice of the Joker all the way through that series and who was really quite good. I would say probably in the grand scheme of things, he'll end up being second only to Heath Ledger. Mark Hamill was really quite excellent as the Joker. I think uh, Mark Hamill kind of reinvented the Joker. He, he really did. And again, I know that Heath Ledger at this point will probably go down now as the definitive Joker for some. But the Joker had just be some, I mean, largely because of Jack Nicholson, the Joker just become just so unthreatening. And he wasn't he wasn't scary. He wasn't menacing. He wasn't evil. And Mark Hamill, who, of course, you know, rose to fame, Luke Skywalker, blah, 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 blah. And then got and does a lot of voice work now. In fact, Mark Hamill, if you get the World War Z audiobook, Mark Hamill is the guy who is that Todd, what's his name, who is the survivor of the Battle of Yonkers and blah, blah, blah. And I, I know I've said this before, and I don't have the audio from it, which pains me, but I had Mark Hamill on my show a long time ago, and he cut a bunch of IDs for me as the Joker. And I would give anything to have those now. I just don't know where they are. They're in my basement somewhere. So, all right. Thank you, my friend. Are you going to see it uh, on Thursday? I'm going to see it tomorrow night. Oh, bastard, bastard. Oh. All right, thank you. Best show ever. All right, you're not that much of a bastard. Uh, All I'm getting back and forth, Aaron Scott, Aaron Scott, like texting me like, Aaron's like, feel free to call me as soon as it's over so we can geek out. And Scott's yeah. writing, I wish I could see it again for the first time. Uh, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I wanted to access the brain trust of you guys. Yes. I... I have a couple of things that I, I wonder if I've missed all these years, and I need to know. Okay, first, Mary Poppins. <laughs> Is Mary Poppins a pun on, like, Jolly Drop-In or Jolly Drop-By? Tim? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I got. I, I have very little Mary Poppins knowledge, except that she's practically perfect in every way. But no, you know, you know the, the, the name like Mary, like she popped in. Like oh, Mary like she Poppins. just popped in. Well, right, right. I think. I think is that that's a Disney thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think Disney just likes stuff that's cutesy. Okay, and secondly, Harry Potter. Um, what's what's the name of the alley that they go to? Diagon Alley. Okay. Is that a pun on diagonal? Yes, it is. Mm. Okay, I missed that all these years. Thank you. Yeah, no, um, 
If you read any interviews uh, with J.K. Rowling, she says that the big influence on her, and by the way, I hate to be this guy, but I knew this even without her saying it. From the first book, I knew this. The biggest influence on J.K. Rowling's writing is the writing of Rule Dahl, who did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, because he was the one who came up with all those great words like Wang Doodle and Snozwanger and Scrumdilicious. And so that's why she that's why she has such a great love of words, and that's why she has things like Diagon Alley, which is you know where you open the bricks and then you go in and you buy your wand and whatever. Okay. Yes. I, I just wanted to touch base. I was idiot checking myself. Well, there you go, sir. Glad Thank we could help. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, all right, let's see. What else do we have here? Somebody who used to live in Pahrump. We'll have to do that uh, later. More Dark Knight calls. Um, i got to read a couple of these stories. I want to do the knives thing, but I don't think we have time because uh, we're going to have to come back with Lisa Desjardins up around the corner. Let me just read a couple of these stories, and then you can say to yourself, thank God I'm not that guy. Oh, by the way, so last night uh, so I was watching, and it's... Stop. There's a service called Rift Tracks, uh, a company called Rift Tracks, and Rift Tracks is the sort of new project from the guys who did Mystery Science Theater. And basically, it's it's Mystery Science Theater, but with contemporary films. And it's a great idea. In fact, CBS is now partnered with them, which is not why I'm saying this. It's just a happy coincidence. Where you go to rifttracks.com, and they have recorded, kind of like how the Film People Radio guys do, Mystery Science Theater-esque commentaries, but with contemporary films. So basically, it's a way to have mystery, the, you know, give the Mystery Science Theater treatment to new movies as they come out. So last night, I was watching the, the Rift Tracks uh, Independence Day, which is just great. Because it's like, you know, it's all the guys from Mystery Science Theater. They're just still doing new movies, and they you go to their website, you buy the, the MP3, and they sync it up with the movie. So I was watching Independence Day mm-hmm. last night, which is... You know, a great, terrible movie, as we all know, and is even better when you have this sort of mystery science theater treatment. How awesome is it hearing the speech, too, when you watch it in the movie? Doesn't totally. It seem, I, there's something just bizarre to I me. haven't gotten to that point. I'm about halfway through. I paused it, and then I went to bed. But, you know, George Putnam is in that, is in that movie. Where? Uh, he's in the very... He's about 20 minutes in, George Putnam of the... Is he uh, one of the videos when they're showing the office? When they're doing the montage of news organizations saying, there appear to be 15 ships around the world, the... The ships have not contacted us as of yet. And they're flipping around from the different news channels. George Putnam is one of those guys. I'll have to go back and look again. He's in, he's in about 20 minutes in. He's only there for like five seconds, but he's right there. Excellent. So I thought of you last night. Um, I'm going to try to get Mike Nelson from Mystery Science Theater slash Rift Tracks on the show at some point because CBS has just launched some sort of partnership with those guys. But it's it's pretty righteous. It's like you go there and you pay like $1.99 or 2 bucks or something. And you get, like, the whole Mystery Science Theater commentary to go with. I mean, and they do movies, like, as they come out. Uh, you know, up like what sparked this is the guy asking about Harry Potter, because they've done riff tracks to all the Harry Potter movies. Uh, let's see. So I've got a couple of stories to read that are both great and terrible. Then we'll break. We'll come back with Lisa Desjardins. Here's what's coming up later on. Steve Kastenbaum, Amanda Moyer, Geek Watch, Penis Watch, Darwin Watch, Top 5, Nina Parker from TMZ. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, this, this horrible, great story about... Motorist bicyclist warfare that's undoubtedly about to erupt everywhere. Uh, and then we'll answer the magical question what does it take to be on the CBS Radio Portland street team? Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just read this. Here's a terrible story. One man was killed and another critically injured last night when. Everybody stop to visualize this. Whatever you're doing, stop, focus, listen, internalize. One man was killed and another was critically injured last night when their heads. Exploded. <laughs> well, that was the end. When their heads... When their heads... Struck a freeway overpass while on the upper deck of a bus. 
Wow. Headed to the Washington Nationals baseball game, D.C. police said. The incident occurred at 8.45 p.m. as the open-topped double-decker bus was westbound on the southeast freeway passing beneath the 11th Street overpass. They were, wait for it, standing. This really ought to have been a Darwin watch, but I couldn't wait. They were standing in the upper part of the bus and their heads... Decapitated. Yes, struck the upper part of the overpass. So, there you go. It was not clear if the men had been drinking. Uh, and one more here. Finally, this. Well, wait, do you want to hear another horrific bloody story or yeah. a musical story that no one cares about? More blood. Okay. Go for the blood. A London man cut off his own head with a chainsaw after being ordered to move out of his home to make way for developers, police believe. David Files' severed head was found beside the power tool inside his housing association flat shortly after receiving his eviction notice. Detectives were today investigating the possibility that the 58-year-old killed himself rather than leave his home of eight years. He was the last resident living on an estate earmarked for demolition. Paramedics and police made the gruesome find after receiving an emergency call. It is understood that police are not treating his death as suspicious. Police said the head was, quote, completely severed. Ah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back after this with Lisa Desjardins, more of your phone calls, and so forth. Uh, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. You're wigging out just a little bit. I know, I know. Find your center. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hey, here's some news no one cares about. New Guns N' Roses single to appear in Rock Band 2. Uh, blah, 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 blah. According to Reuters.com, um, Guns N' Roses, because I guess that new Motley Crue single, which is also not that good, is in Rock Band, uh, is in the new Rock Band release. Guns N' Roses hoping for similar success as their news. It's impossible to even take these stories seriously anymore as their new song... Shackler's Revenge from their album... Shackler's Revenge? Shackler's Revenge. From their album, wow. Chinese Democracy. Just even saying yeah, the words... I don't even want to hear that phrase again. I mean, just even At saying the phrase Chinese Democracy just makes me tired. We'll be available in the rock band... I don't even care. I don't even care. You know, I got into that and then I just realized that my level of caring can't even... It's so low it can't even be graphed. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. We'll talk to Lisa Desjardins uh, here in just a few. Coming up later on, we'll talk to Amanda Boyer. Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us live from the All-Star Game. We'll do the top five. Uh, we will talk to uh, Richie Bristol later on. Uh, Tim Riley, Geek Watch, Darwin Watch, Penis Watch. That's all on the way. This, however, back from her exclusive three-year tour of Europe, Scandinavia, and the subcontinent. Lisa Desjardins. Hello. How are you? How are you? It seems like it's been forever since we talked. How's life? How are things? It's like forever. So this is, by the way, thanks for sending us the uh, the CNN page uh, that had a photo of Bob Costantini. Yes, I had to pass that on. Can I just tell you that your line drawing of Bob that you did on the cocktail napkin when we went out to dinner that night, is uh, it was almost spot on. Really, that was <laughs> a, a, your artist rendering was, in fact, a wholly accurate depiction of that man. <laughs> And also, uh, completely, you know, very two-dimensional, my uh, my rendering. No, it was, it was great. Uh, can I just tell you this? Here's the thing about Bob Costantini, at least based upon the CNN photo of him. He looks like, how do I put this? This is, uh, this is like a sort of, a, this is a sort of weird sideways thought that perhaps only occurs in the minds of people like myself. He looks like a guy who ought to be a caricature actor of some kind. Do you know what I mean? 
You know, like when you like when you watch movies and you're trying to describe some actor to your friends, you go, you know, he's that guy. He's been in all those movies. You know, you'd know you'd know him if you saw him. You know, he did, he did that thing where he was the guy in that movie with Kurt Russell, uh, and that's what Bob Costantini looks like. He looks like a character yes. actor. Yes, it's exactly. I mean, really, I mean, he, he could fit in any number of decades as well. Or maybe in like a live version of Doctor Katz. <laughs> No. Like if they were to sort I don't of know about that. if they were to sort of make a live non-squiggle version, uh, non-squiggle vision version, that's a that's a strange phrase of uh, of Doctor Katz in uh, Bob Costantini would be the he has a longer face though than Doctor Katz I think. Uh, how about this in Requiem for a Dream? He Bob Costantini could possibly I feel so bad that we're talking about Bob and he's not here to defend himself. Yeah, I know. If you, if we were in Requiem for a Dream, Bob Costantini could be Jennifer Connelly's creepy psychiatrist who tries to sleep with uh, with her in exchange for three thousand dollars. Ooh. I'm just saying, right before, and then she's at dinner and she fantasizes about putting the fork right through his hand. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just saying, these are all, uh, this is no fair on the audience either, because I don't know that that, is that a picture visible to the public? Like, if you're on the, the internets, can you, can yeah, you? Yeah, if you put that link up on your website, people can go right to it. All right, so it's not, so I'm not putting up some weird backdoor uh, link or oh, something that's no, going to get you in trouble. I know, I don't think so. All right. So you, uh, so wait, you and Jason were off, I don't know, living in a log cabin or something? Yeah, essentially for for a couple, we were we were up in uh, Maine, and we you know we we saw the whole state. So we were in Portland for a while, then we did a day in Bahaba, and then we went up to his former stepfather's cabin, uh, which was you to get there you have to travel down twenty some odd miles of logging roads. Uh, which was pretty amazing, and you, you you know every time a logging truck comes over, you got to pull way over into the ditch, and it's great. No, trust me, here in the, in, in the you know the Northwest, we are all about the fear oh, of logging trucks. Portland to Portland, yeah, yeah. You, no, you guys understand. No, that's no logging trucks. We everybody here on the Rick Emerson program, we all share. I wouldn't even say it's an inordinate fear. I would say a wholly justified and rational fear of logging trucks, which do, I mean, logs, you wouldn't think, it, being killed by a log just seems like a dumb way to go because it's just sort of this big inanimate object, but I mean, every year there's just enough people killed by logs in Oregon to sort of keep you on your toes, you know what I mean? Right, and I mean, these are, and they're tiny little private roads, and, uh, you know, the truck is coming right right at you. Have you noticed this, too, that the smaller, more dangerous, and more winding a road is, the faster people feel the need to barrel down the road in a truck that doesn't even look like it has brakes? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, you know, and my favorite was really this kind of backroads, uh, you know, Xena type character that was coming at us. Looked just like Linda Hamilton. She had the, you know, kind of really tight, tight wife beater type tank top. And I, I'm almost sure she had a gun holster <laughs> coming at us. And she, and she actually, she was a good looking girl, but she was like, get out of my way. I think there's some sort of a, I, I think that the, the, the way that the mindset sort of works is when you're on those roads, they are so terrifying and dangerous and underdeveloped and just, it's like driving through Cambodia or something. And so I think, <laughs> I think the theory is you just want to drive as quickly as possible so you can be gone from that road and back onto a highway at some point. So I yeah. don't know. It's a little bit like playing, uh, like if you have one of those, like, uh, like one of those, uh, the, the, those, like a little electric race car sets when you were a kid, and there was always that one point in the track where the two lanes went down to one lane, uh, you know, and every, you were always in danger of one of your matchbox cars, like slamming into your friend's matchbox car, which added to the allure. Let me ask you this. Uh, so yeah. in the, you were gone for what, eight days, something yeah. like that? Uh, that what yeah. are the three stories that come to mind uh, that happened while you were gone? The three biggest political stories during your absence? Oh, geez. I mean, there were there were a lot of stories in Washington, a lot of, you know, 
back and forth over the met that Medicare story got a lot of attention and in fact it's back today that story about the Medicare doctors uh being slated for the 10% cut and then Congress passed a bill to avoid that now today the president has vetoed the bill that would have stopped the payment cut and in just uh, about a half hour for those who are still following me through this crazy story um the House is going to probably override the president. That was a big story last week. I think Ted Kennedy returning to the Senate was a big story. Now, you know, I can't quite comment for sure because I was in Maine and I was in a town of maybe 500 people, and we happened to be at a, the one little eatery there. I wouldn't. It wasn't even quite a diner, but it, it, it was it was good food. But the little eating place. And they had the one little television, and everyone there was, you know, it was like you really saw the Kennedy phenomenon. This was way up in Maine. It didn't matter. You know, it might as well have been, you know, right there, you know, in Hyannisport. And they, they people were just could not get enough of Ted Kennedy returning, I think, to the floor of the Senate. Uh, in the presidential campaign, you know, I'm ignorant, but I actually, for all of those emails I got last week, I don't, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you've changed your mind on Iraq. No, I haven't. Uh, that kind of stuff. I don't really think there was anything notable. Let me ask you this. Am I missing? Am I forgetting something? Well, I was going to say there's uh, – it seems like there was somebody else just a couple of days ago that – well, there was the Jesse Jackson thing. Oh, there was the, the Jesse the kerfuffle, Jackson. Which was immediately then spun into the John McLaughlin uh, kerfuffle. Oh, how about that? Seriously, what goes on in people's heads when they say things like that? Well, I have to say John McLaughlin almost, almost pulled it off. You know, when he said it's something that other people refer to as an Oreo, you know, but then later on, he himself <laughs> openly called Barack Obama an Oreo. Uh, it was just, you know, he almost got got it through there, it but was, then. It was like in, it's like in Top Gun when they were doing like the flat corkscrew spin or whatever, and at the end, you know, you just try to pull it out, but of course then you can't, and then it haunts you forever. So, yes. I, we only had the transcript of this John McLaughlin insanity, on which I won't really dwell a whole lot, but we had, we had the transcript of it yesterday, which is bad enough, and then I was watching the actual video of the exchange this morning, and it was just. It's not that there aren't valid issues. Uh, you know, about <laughs> cultural and race relations to just be discussed in this country. Obviously, there's, you know, there's all all kinds of issues from uh, myriad points of view that can be discussed in this great republic of ours. But, there's, there, I, I mean, you're watching that and you just think to yourself, like, what is the mental process going inside that guy's head when he forms these sentences and spits them out? I mean, it's just, it, it was just, I mean, it seems like there's a whole lot of, a whole lot of weird, inappropriate, crazy in the air lately. Right, this this right. year more so than previous years. When you've had all of that, you've had to fill all that time for so many years. There's a certain you've you've got to let the brakes off at some point, and and uh, after so many years, maybe the I don't know the rotors just aren't there anymore. <laughs> Just that's, that's that's a very polite way for you to put for you to put that. Um, it's, I think we're just one step away from saying, look, his brain is full of holes. Uh, nobody wanted to be the first to say it, but uh, hey, let me ask you this question about. I don't mean to ambush you with this, but this offshore drilling business. No, yeah, it's great. I don't. Here's I don't. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. I really your own oil rig. Is that what you're going to ask me? Yes, I want to go live 13 miles off of uh, off the and then create my own money with my face on it. <laughs> Um, Which they have, that's in the UK, right? Sealand. Yes. Yeah, it's an abandoned oil derrick that a guy bought and turned into his own country, which is righteous. Someday I want to move there so that I absolutely get no telemarketing calls. (laughs) Uh, So my question is, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. I just really don't know. Why do people care if we're drilling for oil offshore? Like, who cares? There, 
one of the reasons, there are a couple of reasons. The largest one is environmental, that, that they do think that, um, of course, when this was first proposed, the technology uh, to do the kind of deep ocean drilling, uh, you know, was up on, was on a steep incline getting better, but it's, there were still a lot of questions about it. And there are a lot of concern that, you know, if there are any number of problems that could harm the environment, you know, starting with a massive oil leak or, you know, going all the way up to, um, just kind of the, the runoff from the process itself as they're out there in the middle of the ocean. So there's a lot of environmental concerns and how this would affect ocean waters, which we know already are suffering from all kinds of other issues on both coasts. Uh, another issue, and I think the one that won the day in the 80s when uh, these laws were first put in place in general and then the first President Bush backed it up as well, uh, was tourism. And the coast of Florida coast of California, possibly Oregon, though I don't know that for sure, uh, there was a lot of concern that seeing these oil derricks off the coast, and you would be able to see them, depending on how close or far away they are, but you'd be able to see a great number of them, would be a serious detriment to uh, the beach and commercial tourism, which really is the number one industry in Florida and a big industry in California, so those two states made a huge amount of noise about it, and you know, both Democrats and Republicans listened and said, "Yep, uh, that's a problem." Maybe you can just uh, you could just do like a little Hollywood magic and just put a huge matte painting of the sky in front of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like the Truman Show, exactly. Uh, let's see. I had something else. Oh, uh, so just speaking of, and this is the other thing that my brain couldn't quite come up with a few minutes ago. Given that I'm going to mention this one incident, and then I'm going to ask you uh, 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 the same question I asked you a few minutes ago, but sort of in a broader sense, which is this business of the New Yorker cover. Yes, with... I forgot about that, too. Well, that that's happened while I was back, right. But, I mean, am I wrong in thinking that this year there seems to be a, a, a record number of oh. seemingly insane or at least wildly inappropriate comments, observations, jokes, whatever? I mean, am I hallucinating that? You know, I thought you were going to say something else. Um, I think I think that this election is certainly bringing out the extreme. What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say, uh, kind of go the other way and say, is it just me or are people really just reacting, uh, you know, have, having knee-jerk reactions to everything that's going on this campaign? Well, I, uh, I don't but know. Not I... much. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's looking. I I'm a pretty I'm a pretty open mind. It takes it takes a lot. Look, it's not like I'm personally uh, offended by it. I'm not Barack Obama, so I guess you know. I guess really the the person who's the only person who's allowed to say that he's personally offended by it is is that guy. Um, but it just from the New Yorker, it just probably seems, his, I would say Michelle Michelle got and Michelle Obama but, got handed the worst of that. Yeah. But I mean, it just it just seems like uh, this they're, year they're, for people watching CNN while they're talking to talk while they're listening. I don't know why they'd be doing that. They're actually running a story on this right now. It uh, I guess my only point is again, it doesn't really matter to me. I got to you know the, 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 I, have, I have a pretty uh, I have a pretty uh, the bleak or uh, you know I have a pretty bleak sense of humor about most things, but. <laughs> It does seem like sort of reputable or at least traditionally very sort of uh, moderate news outlets. It seems like there's this ever-escalating like game of... What's that? Like the New Yorker? I'm just... I mean, the New Yorker seems to be, you know, they they market themselves very strongly as sort of, you know, a very sort of upper crust. They are upper crust, it's true, but they are... They like doing this kind of thing. It's, they like doing the very... This edgy, um, super intellectual satire. So I, I wonder if this year we've sort of seen the manifestation of everybody trying to outdo each other in a sort of ever-escalating game of who can be the most plain-spoken about things. <laughs> it's possible. You know, I I have to 
tread lightly here because I don't I don't try to uh, uh, give opinions, much less for, form them. To be honest, when in news topics like this, but I I really think that. Um, I think this is a tricky one. I think that this was a clear – I don't think the New Yorker has a lot to apologize for, to be honest, because I think this was an episode of satire. Now, at the same time, is this – could this be damaging to the Barack Obama campaign? Heck, yes. When I was in Maine and even when I was uh, working on a story that will come out in a couple of weeks, uh, I was in uh, – Southern Southern Maryland, you know, both of those places, talking to very well-educated farmers, not so well-educated northern Mainers, both times the first thing when I ask, hey, what do you think about this election, the first thing that people say, well, you know, I like Obama except, you know, some form of he's Muslim or he's from right. Arabia or something, something like that. So, I mean, that is right now, and people still think it, and it is the main thing that a lot of educated um, or not so educated, but some very educated people still believe, people that don't have time to pay attention. I do think the New Yorker cover, that kind of thing, could be very harmful and could uh, just kind of fan those flames of bad stereotype and give people, hey, look at look at that. Wow, I, I thought so. However, at the same time, I think there's got to be, here's where I uh, here's, start playing the Aaron Sorkin music, you know, in, in this society, there's got to be room for that kind of satire, that kind of cutting edge. And and this this kind of discussion, I, I I really and also I'm a big fan of David Rumnick, the editor of the New Yorker, because he's a, a huge expert on uh, the collapse of Soviet Union and Russia in general, and he's fantastic. Uh, so that kind of biases biases me as well. But uh, you know, I don't know if I was them, I perhaps they're happy because this is the point of satire. And I can't believe no one has brought up Jonathan Swift and a modest proposal, which. You know, was was likewise uh, incredibly offensive in its day. The idea of you know, well, you know, to to feed people, maybe we should hack up the babies. Yeah, yeah sure, that was offensive. Well, that's just common sense, though. Right. Uh, you got uh, the point. The uh, bring down the curtain here, or else Amanda Moyer is going to come and punch me oh, in yeah, the face. Sorry, I'm, uh, running, I was, I'm glad you stopped me. No, no, no. I will say this though. I, I mean, I do understand that in 2008, whatever Prince got to do to get red, uh, red is what Prince has to do to get red. So. Yeah, I think this was more than that, though. I think this really was. Look at look at all of these crazy stereotypes. The, the terrorist fist jab from Fox. Look at all these sort of nutty accusations. There are some legitimate charges against Barack Obama on his policies, but all this other stuff is just really nutty. And I think I think it was legitimate to try and put it together and say this is really well, well, gotten the, crazy. The next time we discuss this, it'll give me a chance to expound at length and in a tedious fashion about Spy Magazine. So okay, good. all right, uh, I got to bail for now. Glad you're back. We will talk to you very soon, Lisa. Great. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Boy, when that girl gets talking. Indeed. I mean, I know I'm no one to point fingers here, but let me point a finger for just a second. Jesus. All right. I really do need to, you know, because she has said that three or four times. She's like, get the Aaron Sorkin music ready. I'm going to surprise her one of these days. And when she gets on one of those, in the country as great as ours, and she gets in so, you can hear her just unleashing some big, uh, long jag about America. I'm going to have the, uh, I'm going to have the WG Snuffy Walden music just standing by, uh, ready, willing, and uh, prepared for her. All right. In just a moment, we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Uh, coming up later on, Tim Riley uh, at the Ministry of Truth. Let's see what else. Uh, we'll have the top five coming up. Uh, we have a, a double penis watch coming up, Darwin watch coming up, uh, geek watch coming up. And it looks like, is this, is Nina Parker sick today? Is that the deal? Yeah, she's sick. She wants to make schedule. All right. So, we're, we're, like, later this week or next week? Uh, Thursday, 2 o'clock hour. 
Yeah, that works for me. Fantastic. Thank you. We're gonna have Jen Lane on Thursday around right, here as well. All right. So yeah. So tomorrow, Dorothy Castaneri. Thursday, Jen Lane and Lena Parker. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from the South Sea and a radio correspondent, Amanda Moyer. Hello. How are you today? Hi. I'm well. How are you today? I am perfectly caffeinated today. Not too much. Not too little. I am caffeinated to just the right degree to the benefit of everyone, Amanda. That's good. That's a rare thing when you're perfectly caffeinated. It's true. And yesterday, and I think that the moral that uh, the moral of yesterday's uh, show was, I think I need to learn to take my allergy medication at the same time every day, so that it begins to sort of half life uh, inside my uh, you know my digestive system at exactly the right uh, rate. Otherwise, I just find myself in some weird sort of conversational funhouse mirror land where nothing really makes any sense. So you know, in any event. Let me ask you about two things. Those things are germs and airports. Here's something that I had never really thought about, but as Henry Rollins once said, now that you have mentioned it, I will obsess about it forever. And that's the fact that we all have to take off, because of this insane alleged security at airports, we all have to take off our shoes and stand around and walk through the airport. And so what you've got is... You know, you got like nine quintillion uh, sort of sweaty, revolting Americans walking through airports in their disgusting socks every year. And I hadn't even really fathomed how many billions upon billions of microbes I must be inhaling every time I go to the airport. Exactly. Think of all those people. They're standing in line. They're taking their shoes off. You walk across that same small section, heavily trafficked area. And think about the summer when all the people are wearing sandals and flip-flops. They're taking off their shoes and walking barefoot Uh. across that floor. (laughs) It's the worst thing I've ever heard. I mean, I don't mean that, you know, it's not like I'm some germaphobe or whatever, but I mean, it's just, it's a thing you don't want to even think about. Uh, And so, I mean... This seems like one of those things that they ought to be doing like some sort of a like a CSI thing, right, where they go into an airport and they just take that, that funky blue flashlight or whatever it is and they shine it to the floor and they say, well, look there, streptococcus everywhere. Uh, and think of all the different types of of uh, germs and fungal things that are on it on the floor. Uh, uh, I spoke with a <laughs> I spoke with a podiatrist and he said you could get it's not a huge problem but you could get athlete's feet, you could get any number of fungal infections. You just don't know what's on the floor. Okay, I got two things. One, uh, a, no, wait, I'm doing. I should either pick one or A, right? One. Uh, it seems like there's money to be made here, uh, pandering to sort of the, uh, you know, the, the really, truly anal retentive type A obsessive compulsive folks, where you actually just market some of those little, like, plastic booties, like they have, uh, you know, like, like, those, like, uh, like in Japanese households that you put on your feet if you're going to be walking around or whatever. It, it seems like somebody there at the airport ought to be selling for, like, 75 cents. Some little like saran wrap elasticy booty things you can put on your feet so that you don't have to uh, you know risk coming in contact with somebody else's foot germs. There's money in the bank right there. Yeah, the only thing I've seen close to that is in some of the airport shuttles. They'll give you little airport booties, but I don't see many people wearing them, and not you know you don't see people walking around in the airport with those little booties on because they still have to walk from the parking lot all the way in. But like you said, if somebody was selling them right at the security line, I think you'd have a lot of passengers doing it. I couldn't believe I went to the airport and how many people I walked up to people in the security line that were wearing sandals and flip flops and talked to them about it. One woman actually had socks in her purse, and she said she was going to put them on before she went through security. Secondly, this there's, here's, this might be an interesting sidebar article for somebody. Actually, because there's nothing Americans love more than to be afraid of things. Americans love anything that is sort of terrifying or fills them with dread. Somebody ought to prepare a sidebar piece in which you list every possible germ, ailment, disease, uh, uh, you know, or plague that can be spread by or transmitted from your feet. 
I think that might be bad news for the airline industry. <laughs> I'm just saying a master list. I mean, let us start with leprosy. I mean, come on now. And keep in mind that people from all over the world are going through this. In your international airport, uh, it's really bad. All right. Well, I'm going to go scrub myself with wire wool now. Thanks so much. All right. Amanda Moyer, as always a pleasure. We will talk to you sometime in the future. Okay. Thank you. Amanda Moyer, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful. Excellent. Yeah, it really is creepy. That is really gross. All right. Like one big pet egg in there. Ow. All right. Uh, well, shall we take a break? Let's do that. We'll come back on time for once. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim Riley coming up. Double Penis Watch. Darwin Watch. Geek Watch. Top 5 uh, coming up later on. Let's see what else. Uh, we'll talk more to Richie Bristol. Oh, I got this great sound from this uh, terrible infomercial. And, uh, well, some other stuff. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Tim Riley next from the Ministry of Truth. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, we'll talk to uh, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum live at the All-Star Game. Uh, Richie Bristol will join us in the studio later on. Uh, we'll play this uh, audio from this, this infomercial, this uh, whole NAF selling uh, infomercial that I saw, which is fantastic. Oh, you have the audio from it? I do. Oh, oh it's, it's golden. Genius. I thought you were just going to talk about it. No, let me see. Uh, let me just play a little... Uh, I just let's see if I have one one small piece of this. Let's see, knife show. Where did this go? Um, knife, knife show. My knife. Let's see if I can get just a little. Listen to how listen to how this guy describes uh, this offer that they are that they are making right Rarely do we offer a three piece knife show and a broadsword and four fixed plates. You know, this set has it all. Mm, oh yeah. out there. That's a new item we've tossed in the deal. I can't, I cannot believe that at this point in time that folks, how many? Okay, I got three dozen sets left. If you want them, it's time to dial right now. Your last chance to own the deal of the millennium, the deal of 08. Hey. Probably the deal of the year to come too. Wouldn't wouldn't it, the deal? Wouldn't it being the deal of the millennium also, by definition, make it the deal of 08? I mean, that, that just sort of. So buying 303 knives. Now 295 knives, Sarah. Oh, 303 would in, be crazy. I thought they threw in a, like another four knives and then a no. and then a sword. No, it is 295. It's 295 uh, knives, which works out to just 98 cent each. Um, and every time he would say, works out to just 98 cent each, I kept thinking of that guy in Tommy Boy, uh, where he's going, which he's giving directions to David Spade, and he keeps going, uh, and so that's going to be about 50 mile down the road. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The New Town is brought to you by our friends at Lapes Auto Collision Centers. Find collision repairs. Go to Lapes.com and find out what Lapes can do for you. 
Our top story, you can probably see all the smoke out there. The Coal Springs wildfire near Mount Adams is now the biggest fire in the Southern Cascades in 14 years. And it's growing. It's more than tripled in size yesterday alone. And the smoke is visible throughout the Portland metro area. Uh, so far, it's burned 9,000 acres. And they may have to uh, ask the people of the good town of Glenwood to evacuate wherever that is. But they haven't yet. So you Glenwoodians, you stay right where you are. In the meantime, uh, spokesman for the uh, forest people, Jerry Mills, says the cooler temperatures and higher humidity aren't helping the firefighters very much at all. The uh, National Weather Service actually put out a red flag warning for the Columbia Basin, which takes in that area. So the fire is expect- expecting to have increased winds. And thank goodness they're getting help from the Yakima Nation's Indian tribe, helping the white man to put out the fire. The fire is burning kind of north-northeast. It's not threatening anything at this time. Um, it has burned on to the Yakima Indian Reservation, and so those folks are helping out with the suppression effort. Well, okay. Uh, the fire crews are using a different strategy because they have some red flag warnings. If you've got wind pushing a fire really fast, a lot of times it also carries the embers and spots ahead of itself. The other day, this was spotting ahead of itself a half an acre or half a mile. Is this endangering so me in, in any way? Situations, you have to rethink no. about putting oh. firefighters. But it'll hit the east side first. Really? <laughs> like everything bad, it will come to the east side long before it goes to your neighborhood, Tim Riley. That's right. All right. Well, let me know when. Let me know when it threatens me and mine. All right. Well, so far you're safe. All right. You and your knives. Are <laughs> me and my knives that I bought for ninety-eight cent. It's the thing, it was like 22 minutes. If I could have just played all 22 minutes today, it was, I had to go through and sort of pick out the best segments. But it was really wonderful. I mean, it was just, it was like the gaudiest, most most horrifically uh, over-designed knives uh, you've ever there, there is a great moment, by the way, that didn't really work on the radio, but where he takes, he took one of the knives off like a sort of display, like a mounting thing, and he was like showing it, waving it. It was called the, um, it was called the Sultan's Warrior was the name of the knife. S-U-L-T and apostrophe S warrior, Sultan's warrior, and it was just so gaudy. It was like fake gold, and like the handle had like a deer and a wolf drawn on it, and the the the, the blade itself had a bunch of sort of decorative holes and like a serrated edge, and it was like a scimitar and whatever. And and then he went and he put it back on the stand, but the stand collapsed, and then it knocked the the box out of the floor. And then he spent the next excruciating thirty seconds on camera trying to get the knife to go back into the holder because they were hitting you for like another dollar fifty for the holder. Oh. Um, you know, he couldn't, he, get, it he couldn't the get the holder? he couldn't get the knife to go back on. So eventually, he's just like, "Well, I can't figure that out." And then the camera the camera just cut away. It was really wonderful. I'm so glad that you spend your time like I do. Yesterday, I spent 40 minutes watching a Cindy Crawford skincare infomercial. Good for you. Did and it, it just went on and on and on. Everyone seemed very pleased with it, I'm, including some lady from some soap opera. Infomercials. And you know what? Everybody sort of agrees right now that that magic bullet infomercial right now is one of the best things going. Well, it's just, it's crazy because they start out with this one price and then all of a sudden they cut it in half. But wait, they <laughs> cut it in half again. That's plus. plus don't they, answer now. You'll oh also God. get. Uh, no, that was the, it's so true. And they were doing this with the, the knife guy too, where there's a ticker in the corner that's going down to like three minutes, 250, whatever. And then, like, the closer the ticker gets to zero, like, the more insane the guy, you have got to call now. And then the, the timer goes down to zero, 
And then without explanation, they just reset it to 10 minutes again. And they started all this started back. <laughs> my, at the friend, top. my friend works um, with infomercials and she said it's just a bunch of BS. Like, you know, of course, you always get the same price. All of the course. Time, but she's like, it's funny because sometimes people will frantically call Ugh. because they got to rerun it on another station half an hour later with the same counter. Absolutely. Well, that's like you'll see those infomercials. Mm-hmm. That if you call within the next five minutes, you will also get our amazing. And it's. Yeah, and of course, there's no five minutes. There's nobody there. And that's, by the way, and we'll talk more about the knives later, but if you're listening to this audio, as you have noted many, many times, there's all of these phones ringing in the background, and I would give anything just to be able to beam myself onto the set right now, because I'll guarantee you they're just on the soundstage, no phones anywhere. Yeah. Phones are good. The phone call's going right to Bangladesh. So, all right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Let me tell you about the Vancouver Lurker. Lurker. A man lurking outside a woman's bedroom gave a Vancouver woman quite the scare. He could open the screen door. At the Covington Cummings Apartments on Northeast Covington Road, he entered and stole $20 off the table. Apartment managers handed out a letter to tenants about the incident. They said there will be extra security patrols around the property at night. A woman who lives in the apartment says she was trying to beat the summer heat by leaving her patio door open. Bad move, especially if you're trying to go to sleep. She said there was a strange man lurking outside her apartment and said something sexual to her. Well, that's enough to scare anyone out. In Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe she was surprised with all the attention. When she got up, he ran away. Deputies searched the area but found no one. The victim uh, uh, spoke to camera crews but did not want to be identified. So the victims of the lurker, the Vancouver lurker. Is uh, still on the loose. Still on the loose. Could be lurking where you live now. So even though it's tempting to leave your door open as you sleep, don't. And it even might be someone... Sitting there lurking, ready to say sexual things to you. <laughs> and I know that in Vancouver, those comments are hard to come by. I know that compliments. I know it's flattering at times. <laughs> I know that compliments. For a Vancouver woman, I know compliments can be difficult to find. But really, this is not the way to, uh, You're to get more the. You're attractive than my wife. <laughs> you don't have any visible scars. Uh... You like to see my knives? <laughs> I like your teeth. Here's Tim Riley. All of a sudden, the ceiling exploded. A bullet from an assault rifle blasted through the ceiling of a Beaverton apartment, narrowly missing the man inside. Tim Wilson was home, sitting on his bed, watching the TV, checking his email. But suddenly he felt an explosion. A bullet came flying down from the upstairs apartment. That would have been flying up from the... uh, Oh, no, flying down. Okay, he's behind that. All of a sudden, the ceiling exploded. I'm like, what the hell was that? I yelled at my mom and dad, get down and get cover. I didn't know... If I've ever been so frightened in his life, where was this? Said his mother, Beaverton. You wouldn't expect these things in Beaverton. Oh no, there's some bad places in Beaverton. Are there? Right around the Beaverton Transit Center. Yeah, there are people mumbling to themselves and shouting profanities. More like the Beaverton Transient Center, Tim. Probably it. Yeah. Yeah. I see them getting off all the time. Uh, (laughs) Police and sometimes they're leaving a bus too. (laughs) Zing. Put us on in mornings. No, please don't. I don't want to be up that early. <laughs> no one does. That means they're going to go out and walk the dog at 2.30. 2.30 in the dark. I'm not doing a morning show. Uh, the whole time just wanting to die. All right. And then you're all done by 10. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Well, finishing the story. The neighbor 29-year-old Cecil Webster Failey was showing off that AK-47 as proud as he was when he fired it into the floor. The bullet shattered Wilson's ceiling and landed by his feet. When police arrived, they found the upstairs apartment empty. However, they later linked Farley and another man to the incident. He's been taken to the Washington County Jail. Charges include a felon in possession of a firearm, reckless endangerment, failing to register as a sex offender, Jesus. a parole violator, possession of marijuana and methamphetamine. The kind of fellow 
you want to see living downstairs from you. That is fantastic. He looks like the same guy who ran over the guy on the bike. Is this the same person in every mugshot? <laughs> they all look the same. All these people who perpetrate all look the same. It's true. They have a very uh, strong gene pool that seems to permeate. Can I the see area. that photo? Sure. Watch out for him. You're silly. They explode. all look like Dan Bozick. This is that we were talking about this the other day, right? Yeah. That they were the man was looking for somebody. When are we talking about? Oh wait, hold on. Are you talking about Tim Wilson or talking about Cecil Fairley? Cecil Fairley. Oh, he looks like the guy who ran over the bicyclist on his hood. Okay. He ran him over. The guy was on his hood. Okay. No, no, no. That's okay. No, that, I, we're talking about. So the guy up here looks like Dan Bozick, the victim, and then Cecil. Who names their kid Cecil in 2008? I met a Cecil. I mean, it's when a I cool in name. Vegas, he was like our. He was my age. It seems like a strange, not even an old name. It just seems What's like the name a, for a sea serpent. It seems. It's, it's very outdated. It uh, it, it seems like it's from a different. Era, Cecil Webster fairly showing off his AK-47. Well, he's very proud. Of his course, friend of friends came over to visit. <laughs> Felon in possession of a firearm, reckless endangering, failure to register as a sex offender, parole violation. Uh, violation. Yeah. You know, it, it's good to know that the landlord is screaming all these prospective tenants. <laughs> Carefully. Uh, what's the what's in that bag? It looks like uh, it looks like drugs. No. It's well, just, okay. It's just a separate head. Pay no attention. <laughs> And possession of marijuana and methamphetamine. Well, well, you do need one to balance out the other. You can't have just one of those drugs, I suppose. Wow. All right. Well, stay away from this area. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. An inmate being transported from an Oregon State Forest work camp escaped, but it was captured later in the day. Jeffrey Lang was found in Rowley Hills near Shoals Ferry in a Fred Meyer parking lot. He was not wearing his prison clothing. Uh, it took about uh, a dozen people to catch him, apparently. It was in the transport van in North Portland, heading for the Columbia River Correctional Institute near PDX. He got loose, and uh, whether he was shackled does raise some questions. He's serving a 30-month sentence for burglary and was due to be released in October 2009. He was coming from a camp, a satellite of the minimum security Columbia River prison. The camp has 200 beds. Inmates earn 3 to $4 an hour working on reforestation projects. Uh, the camp dates uh, back to the days of Till McBurn of 1933. Who cares about that? <laughs> so, dates back to a thing that happened when no one was alive. 1933, who cares? Anyway, uh, yep, they caught him in Fred Meyer. Of course. We have another Fred Meyer-related story. Do we? Yeah, I gave it to you. Uh, about the cake? Oh, oh yeah, the, uh, the vagina cake. The vagina Wait, cake. Wait, did I say that? Yeah. Um, there's a cake that... Well, they're selling them at Fred Meyer, apparently. Like, what else could that... What would the intention there be? We should back up for just yeah. a second. So we got an email from um, a guy named Christopher. Uh, and Christopher says, Rick, I was shopping at Fred Meyer last night when I was startled by this cake. This cake, now apparently, what I'll have to post this online. Um, so it didn't really work right now. But apparently they are selling a cake that is meant to look like a watermelon because it has, and it had, but it's like a, it's like a, uh, an anthropomorphized watermelon. So it's got like eyes and arms and legs. And I guess the watermelon is supposed to be like it has a, like a slice out of it. Except the slice is right. The, it, it is of course a, uh, you know, it's a wedge that's missing. Not even missing to make it look. I'm not, I'm describing this badly. It's a watermelon cake with eyes, legs, and arms, and it's supposed to look like there's a slice missing. And they've done that by painting a like a dark pink wedge. Between the cake's legs. The cake has a Oh, leg. I thought it was a frog. I think it's supposed to be... This, he says the cake is a watermelon, a watermelon. 
And so with a slice out of it, but of course they want to give you the whole cake. So they painted the slice on by putting a like a dark pink triangle between the legs. Who decided to do that? I don't know. <laughs> says he says I am a gay man that has never personally seen a vagina, and I now have a very distorted image of what one looks like. Anywho. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, I felt like a pervert when I was taking the picture and the lady and the kids were watching me. Anyway. Or was it the fact that I told her, the cake didn't do anything for me, I just think it's funny. He <laughs> says, if I go back and buy it, I'm going through the U-scan, definitely. Thanks, startled gay guy in North Portland. All right, we'll put a, po we'll put a picture of this up. Yeah, because all I've seen is the black and white. I want to see it in color. No, it's in color it looks even more like That's that. That's what you said. That it... Now there's going to be yeah. a bad roast for these cakes. Exactly. Perverts everywhere. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, the city of Portland is not happy with the job it got through, Job Dango. The city is suing the online job classified company for $5,446, claiming that's what it costs to remove hundreds of chalk advertisements drawn on the city streets in one night last September. A lawyer representing the city said they wouldn't normally sue people who put chalk on pavement, such as, you know, the kids playing hopscotch. But Job Dango had been warned after a similar advertising stunt in 2005, Job Dango, as well as Joseph Trippi, who is representing the company in the case, declined to comment. The chalk was removed by downtown clean and safe a nonprofit organization that has a contract with the city to remove graffiti. Though one might expect the rain to wash chalk away in this soggy city, the graffiti uh, was applied in September, one of the few months in which Portland enjoys steady sunshine. Do uh, do kids play hopscotch? Yes, is that a thing in my they, neighborhood? Really? Yeah. Is that a thing they actually do? Mm -hmm. And jacks and... All right. Games? Can I just tell you, I think because I'm a guy, I see the. I have no idea how one plays either hopscotch or jacks. I have no idea at all. I don't really need to learn at this point. Well, I'm 35. Anyway. I'm just well, that's what I'm well, saying. Well, jacks it's, like you throw them down and then you bounce the ball and you try to grab as many as you can before and then catch the ball. I think. See, but I don't even really know. It's yeah, it's a thing I have no. I I lack the. Uh, I think I lack the X chromosome for it. It's like double dutch jump rope or something. Here's Tim Riley. A 70-year-old farmer is separating a crushed chest after being run over by his tractor. That's this is happening a lot. I don't want to have that. It's happening a lot. Well, don't become a farmer. The uh, Canby Fire District said the incident happened uh, outside a farm in Canby. Despite his injuries, the farmer managed to walk to a bar and telephone 911. He was a life flighted. His name has not yet been released. Uh, please watch out for turtles. That's a request from the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. Now, you don't want to touch those turtles. Uh, and they do ask you to report any turtle sightings. Uh, Western Pond and Western Painted Turtles are native to Oregon and are listed on the state's sensitive species list. The best way to report a sighting is via the Internet on the Native Turtles of Oregon website at oregonzoo.org slash turtles. I will have forgotten all of this information by the time you get through the next story. Well, you can ask me again if you see a turtle. Okay. I'll know what to do. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, Jesse Ventura. He is announcing he is not running for the U.S. Senate. He told uh, Larry King so last night. I am not going to run at this moment. I, I ain't got time to run. Is he still the governor of Minnesota? I'm not sure if he is or not. Remember he no, was elected? former governor. No, he, he stepped down after a while, I believe. Did he step down or did he just not run again? Maybe he didn't run. I don't even remember. It's that's he's one of those things where we all remember him running and being elected, and then I've got no I've got no knowledge of Jesse Ventura's political career after that. Well, he's one of the bread of wrestlers out there, I think. He said he might change his mind if God personally asked him to. Well, then maybe at five o'clock tomorrow, Larry, don't call me a liar. Just understand, God sent me to file. Uh, the Senate would be familiar territory if he did run. Federal politics is very much like pro wrestling. 
in front of us, the public, they pretend they're angry with each other and they pretend to not like each other, but in the back rooms, they're all buddies and cutting deals. Yes, he explained his decision not to run. Surfing versus the Senate. And I found surfing to be much more honorable than the Senate if I, if for the next six years because the ocean doesn't lie to you, the waves don't lie to you, my government does Quit lie talking. to me today. All right, That's fine. Whatever. Hey, have you seen this infomercial where a guy is demonstrating a katana sword and it cuts off and or breaks off and hits him in the stomach? Oh, yeah, and then somebody comes on camera and somebody better call emergency. Is, yeah, it's on YouTube. Is it uh, clean, do you think? Yes, yeah, it's, it's clean. All right, let's... Uh... It's like, oh! <laughs> and then he ducks behind the counter and you don't see him again. Hold on a second, let me... Uh... 1101-1816 is the item number on this one. And the nice thing about these practice katanas... Oh! Oh, that hurt! <laughs> wow. Somebody called 911. Oh, that hurt big time. A piece of that just, the tip just got me, Odell. Oh, that got me good. You all right? A piece of that tip just got me. Oh, Both right now, we uh, may need emergency surgery. In the studio. Wait, that, that, this sounds like it might be the same guy. Yeah, he probably took over after the guy was stabbed to death. <laughs> well, you take your promotion however you can get it. Wait, let's just one more time. So this is the great thing about this is it's a, let's see, this is a, I'm trying to see, uh, it is a, I, it's a little blurry, so I can't see exactly what kind of, uh, something, something, sword. All I can, all I can see is that the name of the item is, it says sword. Uh, limit two per collar. So he's trying to demonstrate how strong the blade is. by be He's standing behind the counter with this broadsword, this katana sword in his hand, and he's trying to demonstrate the strength of it by kind of whacking it, Peter Carlin style, on the counter, uh, and then it breaks off and gouges him in the stomach. one 18 is the item number on this one. And the nice thing about these practice katanas... <laughs> so he, you'll have to picture this. So he is. I think most people have seen that by now. I haven't seen it. No. Uh, he's standing behind the counter, whacks the sword down. The tip breaks off and comes back at him, and goes right into his stomach. Oh, that's wonderful. That's very satisfying. Is it really bloody? No, no. No, you never seen on television again. I mean, I'm assuming there's blood, but you can't see it because, yeah, from then on, he's just on the counter, uh, he, or he's on the floor behind the counter, and the other guy, uh, the knives for not, not ninety-eight cent guy, uh, comes on to camera to sort of help out with everything. That's oh, uh, isn't that wonderful? Wow, that stabbed him like right in the chest. That was a full-on stabbing. Here's Tim Riley. A uh, Texas man got the works when he tried to rob a pizza parlor. A local police say 41-year-old Benjamin Ramirez walked into Pizza Patron wearing a wig and a dark pair of sunglasses while brandishing what appeared to be a handgun. Ramirez slapped a 17-year-old clerk, Rusty Sambodell, and demanded money from the register. That's when Sandoval snapped. My plan was to give him the money because they always told me just give him the money, not to fight because it's too dangerous. But, no, I was calm about it until he slapped me. Then after that, everything changed. I, I didn't care about any of the money anymore. It was just me and him. So Sandoval yeah. knocked the robber unconscious in a fury of powerful right hooks to the jaw. So the unconscious guy is all over the Internet today. 40% of all traffic accidents and 20% of crash-related fatalities occur at intersections. In an effort to decrease these numbers, the Ford Motor Company launched a smart intersection at its R&D campus in Dearborn. According to Ford spokesman Mike Schulman, drivers should be alerted to possible hazards. 
cars will send wireless messages to every other car 10 times a second that say, here's my position and here's my speed and here's my brake status and be able to get messages to and from intersections. Yes, these cars will speak to each other in the future. Have the car be that vigilant passenger that's getting all that information and trying to look out for the driver and say, I think maybe you took your eyes off the road at the wrong time and maybe there's something going on around you and you need to pay attention and we're going to warn you and just try to prevent you from getting hurt. Aren't they going bankrupt? I, I, I think so. I was, and this seems like a thing that They're will almost... They're cars. <laughs> They're coming in the future. This will almost certainly end in some sort of horrific accident, sort of maximum Especially if they overdose, just start so. arguing with each other. Oh. Uh, Oh, people always hang up at just the wrong moment. There was a guy who was going to talk about the knives. Don't do it. No. Here's Tim Riley. Well, this uh, election's already out of hand with the boring stuff coming back again. With John McCain promising to capture Osama bin Laden. I want to assure you, you can have complete confidence that I will get Osama bin Laden and bring him to justice. I will do that. No, For the crimes that he's committed against the people of this nation. What did he do? I... <laughs> I, uh, is that, where was he speaking yesterday? Oh, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Albuquerque. Really? Does it seem like promising to bring Osama bin Laden to justice is really going to do a whole lot to get you votes this year? I think people might, uh, I think my, people well, might prefer people to have. More. We're American. They might prefer to have jobs at this point, but maybe that's just me. People love killing. I suppose. Uh, then we have the woman who died after stepping on venomous caterpillars. They're sweeping the nation. But this is a Canadian woman. She died after stepping barefoot on several caterpillars. The 22-year-old died 10 days after stepping on five caterpillars while on a trip in northeastern Peru. Oh, so this wasn't even in the United States. Wait, hold on. So this is where my, my wife is going to be going. So I, this is a, yet another... Tell her to wear her flip-flop. Yet another thing that can... So it's not just yellow fever and malaria that can kill her. Mm -hmm. The woman felt immediate pain to her right foot, which spread to her thigh, and later developed a headache. The pain in her leg was worse. When she was walking on it. Well, don't walk on it. <laughs> the leg pain and headache disappeared within 12 hours, so she didn't seek treatment while in Piru. So she returned home to Canada, and she was treated at a hospital for intensive bruising she to was, the leg. She was killed by socialized medicine, Tim. That's really what did her in. The commies behind it. <laughs> After searching databases, doctors determined the symptoms may have been caused by venomous caterpillars, which cause widespread internal bleeding in humans. Oh, wow, really? Uh-huh. You wouldn't think, I mean, you think if you get some sort of like a bite or a stab or a, you know, but you poked by some sort of creature that it gives you, I don't know, maybe you swell up or maybe you get a little pussy or something. The idea of an insect that stings you and causes your insides to bleed is more than a little freaky. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, well, here's the sad part. It took 48 hours to get treatment due to the fact that it is socialized medicine and not caring. Because it's a free god market economy. A godless medical system, mm -hmm. Tim. The doctors who treated the woman believe there was a need for medical professionals to familiarize themselves with caterpillars that kill. I do like the idea that she stepped on the caterpillars, her foot immediately began to hurt, and then so she decided to walk on it for another two days. Mm -hmm. So, Doctor, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, federal prosecutors want the boy band mogul Lou Perlman to pay back nearly $1.5 billion. Didn't be a problem. The documents filed in the federal court in Orlando... But the government say Lou Perlman owes his investigators nearly $300 million plus another $127 million in interest. <laughs> What's the interest that really gets you there? <laughs> really, it's the VIG that'll kill you. Yeah. How is that possible? I don't know. $300 million. <laughs> Sounds like you're just making numbers up now. <laughs> Wait, so what is the principle? Okay. He owes his investigators. Is this compounded daily? <laughs> 
$300 million. How, how does it get that high? I don't really know. How what, do you find that many suckers? I mean, well, and wouldn't you suppose if a guy owed you like $100 million, like wouldn't you be calling but like, look, you really got to start paying this. Can you give me anything? I, uh, 50 bucks, something, just a show of good faith. How do you let someone owe you $300 million? Yet he did. I have somebody. This, I want somebody. I won't. Na- uh, won't name. There's some, somebody uh, that I know that still owes me fifty bucks. And you know what? That's just. I just learned to never lend money to people ever. No. <laughs> Three hundred million dollars, especially. What is the interest? Uh, just one hundred twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got to pay one hundred and twenty-seven million dollars. And then he's still got to pay an additional $300 million in principle. Maybe he's waiting for the new payment book to arrive. <laughs> Heroin up per month and mailing him by the first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. That's wonderful. All right, fantastic. Uh, so apparently there's some additional fraud and money laundering charges going yes. on. Uh, he was sentenced to 25 years in prison. But that time could be reduced depending on his level of cooperation. Really, if you owe three hundred, if you, I'm sorry, if you owe four hundred and twenty-five million dollars, <laughs> what is your motive to get out of prison? I mean, really, what are you going to get out of prison immediately? To, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's it, yeah. It just seems like you should just, you know, just just throw in the towel and hope for a better go around the next time the karmic wheel turns for you. Boy, that guy's creepy. I remember watching uh, the original Making the Band series, which was uh, him, because, of course, he created NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and then he created that band O-Town. Um, and uh, my wife and I were big fans of Making the Band just because it was just such a because it was just such a shameless, pandering look inside the record industry. And just thinking then, that guy was just... And he's just creepy and weird and... Yet, he got away with it for so long. $425 million. All right. Well, he'll learn his lesson, and we'll do it again. <laughs> Suppose. Back to Peru we go for more miracles of medical science. Doctors in Peru removed knives, nails, screws, and other objects from the stomach of a metal-eating man. Louis Zarate went to the doctors with severe stomach pain. They were stunned when an X-ray revealed that the man had swallowed a knife, nails, screws, a watch, even some barbed wire. Well, here's your problem. He's lucky to be alive. A perforation is a risk any time a sharp object is ingested. These sharp objects can pierce through the wall of the intestine at any level. It's basically an emergency. That's exactly what it was. What is that sound? Is that your phone, Tim? I believe that's my phone. <laughs> you should answer it. It never rings. Uh-oh. It's weird. It must, it's be gotta, must be good news. No. When <laughs> phones ring, it's never good news. That's so weird. I've never heard your phone ring, ever. It's because no one ever calls you. No, no one's called me in years. <laughs> I picture the phone ringing and just cobwebs coming out of the earpiece. Just sort of having to pick it up and kind of blow the dust off to even answer it. Uh-huh. Uh, is that just the default ring that came with the tone? I believe so. I don't phone? know how to adjust the thing on it. <laughs> I suppose there are other choices, but I've never heard it ring, so I don't have anything to choose from. Just this phone is filled with newfangledness. Like if I got more than one call, perhaps I'd have other rings to choose from. <laughs> but that's the first ring I can remember in months. Is it gonna, now, is it going to bother you? Or are you going to sit and dwell on it? No, because it's always... Well, I'll tell you, someone who called call me for months, I asked someone to give me an estimate on taking some trees down. Well, I turned down their bid because it was twice as much as the bidder who got the job. Unreasonably high. So she continued to trouble me with her phone calls, wondering why I didn't want to hire a firm to chop down trees. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is her rates were twice as high as the person who was awarded the contract to do the work. Highway robbery, Tim. Did you tell her that you no longer wish to receive calls advertising No, service? I didn't answer them. Oh, really? You just, just write the voicemail. 
Yeah. All right, excellent. Good for you. So that might be her again. Can it's I tell you? a few months since she's called. Here's a question I have. I am continually getting automated uh, phone calls looking for, and I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, I was Susan and I were talking about something the other day. My phone rang, and I and I said, oh, hey, this is, it's, I, I said, I get, this is this weird automated message I get. They are looking for, it's like a man's name and a woman's name meshed together, which makes me believe it's a wrong number, first of all. But they, they, I get this automated phone message that I it probably twice or three times a week looking for, and it's like the, the name is like it, it's like Ashley Ronaldo or something, uh, you know, or like or like Jasmine Ortiz. It's but it's like a man's woman, and, a man's name and a woman's name mixed together. Neither of I, I am not an Ortiz or nor am I Ashley. I am I am not Ronaldo nor am I Brooke or whatever. Um, and they just call leaving messages for me. And the thing is, I can't make it stop because if you, it, because of course it's always just a phone message. It's never like a live operator. It's just like an automated thing. And when I try to dial back, I'll dial the number back, and it says, you know, blah blah blah. Please put in your PIN number. And of course, I can't put in the PIN number because I'm not like Ronaldo Ortiz. So. I can't call back. I can't get a hold of anybody. They don't identify themselves. They don't say what the company is. So, and because obviously, because I'm not like Ronaldo Ortiz, I can't call and put my PIN number in and make it stop. So now, just until the end of time, as long as I have this phone number, I'm going to continue getting these messages three times a week. So, <laughs> anyway, the next time I get one, I'll, I'll play it back. I get a lot of text, like random text messages from people. Are they, but are they like, are they ads? Is like spam? Yeah, I get spam, but I also get like just random ones to people whose phone numbers aren't in my phone. But are they looking for somebody else, do you yeah, suppose? Yeah, just like write like half comments like, are we still meeting up for the movies? I'm like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> email back. And I don't want to write him back because I'm You like, should totally don't... email back and just be like, no, 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 uh, cancer. And then just let it leave it at that. Oh. Or send them somewhere else. Go, yes, we are, but we've moved it to 160th Division, and you've got to be there at 5. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, did you hear about the woman who battered her bow with a toilet seat? Well, there's Kimberly Ann Cole and her boyfriend, Joel Goldsmith, the Florida woman who's 18. Where was she from, Tim? Florida. That's not even fair. I wasn't ready. What isn't even fair? Whatever. Allegedly, well, since she's Florida, we know it's definitely, assaulted her boyfriend with a toilet seat after finding him smoking crack in the bathroom of their home. Uh, Cole told cops she battered Goldsmith after he refused to give her the drugs. According to the arrested affidavit, uh, Goldsmith refused to stop smoking drugs, and Miss Cole hit him with the toilet seat. As the couple, parents to an eight-month-old boy, scuffled in the bathroom, Goldsmith dropped a cocaine rock into the shower, and Cole tried to wash it down the drain. Responding to a 911 call placed by a female roommate of the pair, police found blood on the bathroom walls, floor, and toilet. They also recovered a broken toilet seat. The affidavit does not indicate whether it was broken over Goldsmith's head or in disrepair. <laughs> or quite possibly both. And the shower investigators found a small amount of substance, which field uh, reports tested positive for cocaine. Cole and Goldsmith were charged, respectively, with domestic battery and cocaine possession. Goldsmith uh, would not tell cops what happened in the bathroom. He suffered two lacerations to his forehead and two smaller cuts during the confrontation. Well, that's great. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Rick, um, I get these two. Are they perhaps... Here's another guy who says that he's constantly getting an automated voice message looking for somebody at that number who is not him. Uh, and he says he has no idea where it's coming from. All right. So at least it's not It could me. be from one of those Caribbean islands. And you answer and they charge you $30. 
those phone scammers. Yeah, I've heard of those, but I don't know anybody who that's happened to. I think the Russians are behind it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even understand what we're talking about. Why would the Russians be in the Caribbean? What are you talking about? The Russians are behind all these crimes. <laughs> More often than not. All crimes everywhere. What crime from the what phone call from the Caribbean? If you call a certain number, say in the Caribbean, it automatically gives a, a huge charge. To oh, your because phone. they've set up a proprietary long distance company. That's correct. All right. Okay. Well, that's it. I'm just never I'm never answering my phone again. My phone I'm, not like even, me. I'm just gonna disable the ringer. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back more from Tim Riley. Still to come, Geek Watch, Penis Watch, Darwin Watch. Uh, later on, we'll do the uh, top five. We will talk to Steve Kastenbaum and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Emerson radio program. Uh, if you go to rickemerson.com, you can now see a picture of the the Johnny Cake. Uh, not to be confused with the Johnny Cake. It's 503 733 2970. 503 733. I love your vagina cakes. It's 503 733 2 That's like the worst thing you've ever said. It's the cake. Is, I mean, it just doesn't make any I'll sense. I put it on my blog, too. It is a vagina cake. Yeah, so. It looks like a frog. Like, how. It doesn't even look like a watermelon. It doesn't, and it's supposed to be a watermelon? It, it, well, the kind of the googly eyes make it look like a frog. All right, well, and, and then the... And it's clearly a vagina. <laughs> or a pimento olive. I would. The judges would also accept pimento olive, sort of. Anywho, uh, you go to rickemerson.com right now, and, and you can see a photo of that, if that's a thing you want to see. And I know it is. It's 503, and it is, uh, amazingly enough, safe for work. I mean, the picture, anyway. The commentary is sort of, you know... Anywho, uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, it's time to tear down the old Cuckoo's Nest Hospital, the Oregon State Hospital, the mental institution in the 1975 film, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, is making way for a new complex. Most of the dilapidated 125-year-old main building will be torn down and replaced starting this fall. Now, is that... Wait, hold on. Now, is this the hospital where they filmed the movie, or is it the hospital where Ken Kesey actually worked, or both? Where they filmed the movie. Oh, okay. Well, that's, see, that's less interesting to me. I want to know where it was that Kesey actually worked, uh, you know, which sort of gave him the idea to do the book. Mm -hmm. There's another grim discovery that they have to uh, decide what to do with. Is it a closet full of bones? Close. The cremated remains of 3,600 mental patients in corroded copper canisters. <laughs> wow. Wow. Paging Chuck Palahniuk. All right. That's unbelievably creepy. No one said anything to anyone. I Oregon demand... Senate President Peter Courtney, who dubbed the chamber, the Room of Lost Souls. That is so great. I demand to own the ashes of a mental patient. We should give some away. What is away. wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with me? Tim wants to give them away. Why is it always me? Why do you always focus on me and because you gloss over the hideous... you're focusing on contesting. You're just saying, I want to I have mental patient I, ashes in my so, home. Can we get these mental patient ashes to give away? <laughs> I selfishly want the ashes for my own. I'm, Tim, I'm sure CBS Legal will approve of this. <laughs> Tim wants the ashes for the people. I don't think it's any sort of a biohazard risk. They've been sterilized and burned and so forth. Some of these go back to the uh, 1880s. That is so sweet. Tell me there's a photo of the room. I don't have one here. Where is this at? Where is it located? Is Salem. it in Salem? Yeah. I'm seriously road tripping it out. Is it closed? No, it's still open. 
But I mean, I wonder if I could, if, if they would let you tour it. I'm sure if we ask nicely. I mean, I'm not a fan. I mean, everybody knows that I'm not a fan of the of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the movie. I think the movie's terrible, and I know that I'm I'm alone in that estimation. But uh, but I would. Probably lo- want to see the room of lost souls. I would totally. Wouldn't you like to see a room? Of lost souls that contains the cremated remains of 3,000 mental patients dating back to the 1880s. This is when mental illness was considered so shameful that many patients were all but abandoned by their families. Oh. I mean, that's I mean that's pretty. That's sad. I mean, that that's pretty compelling stuff. Well, the Cuckoo's Nest was filmed there, but neither the movie nor the 1962 Ken Kesey novel in which it's based makes any specific residence to Oregon State Hospital. No, well, in fact, you only know. I mean, the book is very clearly set in Oregon, though, because. Uh, Chief Bromden talks about uh, about fishing in the gorge with his tribe, with his family, uh, and and I think at one point, I think at the end, spoiler, um, I think at the end when when the chief, you know, he throws the thing through the window and he gets out, and I think he actually talks about walking back to the gorge, uh, and he also talks about them damming it up too when they put the dam in and, and stop the salmon running. So, uh, yeah, I want somebody to let me know. I wish I wish I could figure out exactly where it was. Uh, that Ken Kesey worked, though, oh. as an intern. Wait a minute, I have that here. I'd like to go see that. Just that, like that a... is in California. Really? Yeah. Not even in Oregon. It was uh, Veterans Hospital in Palo Alto, California. Uh, well, I'm not going to Palo Alto. I don't care that much. Well, you might go there someday. Maybe. Uh, so they're building a brand new $300 million, 620-bed crazy house. The front section of the current building will be preserved as a museum to the history of mental health care. Other parts of the building were abandoned decades ago, and now they're a ghostly sight. Oh come on! That we pay so cool. We have to feel. Why trip. can't we go there? Let's go there now. There's I no de- reason why we can't. I demand a tour. Where is it, Tim? In Salem, the wings are cluttered with old equipment, fallen <sighs> plaster, and pipes of pigeon droppings. The third floor is so rotten it's not safe to walk on. The building is also contaminated with lead paint and asbestos. Oh well. I just finished reading Arkham <laughs> Asylum yesterday, and I'm totally in the mood to see a loony bin. Well, let's go camp out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll look into it. That would be, uh, I mean, it'd be cool to see that kind of before they tear it down, though. In May, Portland resident Debbie Osborne came to the hospital to collect the canister remains of her great Aunt Clara, who died 60 years ago. And uh, she plans to uh, bury Aunt Clara in a proper grave. Is our studio on an Indian burial ground or something? Muppet, it, it seems to growl a lot when he's in here. No, he's normal, and then all of a sudden it's just specific stories. He starts to freak out. Really? Especially about the cuckoo's nest. About the beyond. Uh, by the way, here's a follow-up. Hey, Rick, Tim read a story yesterday about that lady who was unaware she had a 120-pound tumor inside her. 140. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tim also said that he, weigh, he weighs in at 140 pounds. Wouldn't someone notice if they were carrying Tim Riley around <laughs> inside their body? Can you imagine someone saying, I got a tumor the size of Tim Riley? Just an observation. That's uh, Michael. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, by the way, yeah. So if you, it's it's now officially. If you go to uh, uh, rickemerson.com, dot com, you you can now uh, see a picture of the uh, Johnny Cake. So um, order one today. Get on that today, won't you? Uh, let's see. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Is it me? Yes, it is. Hello, sir. Hi. I just want to let you know that I've been to that hospital doing some training down there. The one that and... Tim is describing in Salem. Uh huh. And in the morgue that is in the basement, creepy, creepy. The stainless steel walls inside the, where they put the drawers, you know, it's a normal morgue like you've seen on TV. The walls inside have scratch marks all over them. Oh, 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 oh. snake pit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you. All right. That creeps me out more than words can say. <laughs> the morgue, the merrier. Never mind. 
Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, I'm trying to wring a little comedy out of this. <laughs> hey, uh, my father used to live uh, literally in the back area of Damage State Hospital. I actually have a painting done by one of the patients of my uh, family's farm uh, area, the farmhouse and whatnot. That is so righteous. And uh, when uh, when he was younger, they'd, all the escapees would come to our barn and spend the night in the barn area and whatnot. One night he's all alone. He's about five years old out in the country. And uh, <laughs> you would would you believe he got kidnapped by one of the uh, mental patients? Uh, you know, on the list of people whom I don't want to be kidnapped by, I would say mental patients are near the top of the list. Yeah, the guy came into the house, forced his way in, and uh, said, don't worry, kid, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to use the phone. So my dad said, okay, let him use the phone. The guy left. My dad called the Mental Institute, which they had the number by heart by that time, to reporting escape patients. And they said, no problem, we're looking for him, we'll come and get him. He hangs up the phone, like five minutes later, there's another knock at the door. He thinks it's the police coming to find out what happened. And it's the mental patient going, you thought I left, didn't you? Oh, Jesus, is it Halloween already? Oh, wow. God, it was, it, my death said it was one of the wow. freakiest things that ever happened. And uh, it, eventually the guy did leave, he didn't do any harm and whatnot, and they did catch him a couple hours later. But uh, when my father got older, him and his buddies... Uh, he didn't do this, but he knew buddies who would pick up the women who escaped from damage, and in exchange for favors, they would give him a ride to town. Wait, hold on. He would pick up. Wait, so this my, is no, not my dad, not my dad. My is... father knew people who were in high school would be driving down the road in Wilsonville and pick up female crazy inmates. Yes, and give them a ride to Portland in exchange for sexual favors. Well. Okay. Isn't America great? It really is. I mean, you know, one must barter with what one has, I suppose. <laughs> Ask grass or gas. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Okay. All right. Dad, there's a guy at the door dressed in a blood-soaked Santa costume, flexing his hands spasmodically. Should I let him in? Uh, let's see. Hi. Now it's just all crazy calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. It's Charlie. I listen to you guys all the time. Best show ever. Thank you, sir. Hey. That gal is absolutely uh, correct. I actually helped demolish some of that damaged hospital, and when we went underneath, we had to go and take, you know, the lead samples and paint and all that stuff to demolish it out. And the rooms we walked in, we walked into one that, we walked into one that said electroshock therapy room. Uh. And when you walked in there, the room was ice cold all the time, no matter what time of year it was, and... It had, like, this creepy feeling the whole time we were in there. Nobody could stay in that room for more than five minutes. You would just kind of lose your mind. It was really, really, right. really creepy. Uh, and it was all it was all cement, and it was all this, like, you could see where they plugged people into the wall, and it was just really creepy. Cement to muffle the screams of the crazy. Well, Jesus. you kind of you kind of hear that, like that's what I'm saying. You kind of couldn't stand in this room for more than five minutes. Well, that's like uh, this is not the same thing, but this is sort of like you know that uh, that story that we've already forgotten about about the Austri or Austrian guy that had his family like locked underneath the ground in like a tunnel for like 20 years. And I saw just a brief interview with one of the guys who was like having to go in and like excavate, excavate and take inventory of like the underground Austrian crazy child raping room. And he said it was just, he said he would just walk in and he said after about five minutes you would just have to leave because you could just feel yourself going mental in that place. So the electroshock room especially, and if, you, if you've seen Cuckoo's Nest or if you've read the book certainly, there's whole long sections about how when they give Randall Patrick McMurphy, they give him the electroshock and it's just the creepiest thing ever. Wow. It, it, it just, you just feel like this heavy weight, like following you around in there. And I literally, and there's some big guys that were like, you know, they were talking construction guys demolishing this building, kind of 
creeped out and feeling odd, and everybody just could only be in that section for a small amount of time. Ugh. It was it was super creepy. Anyway, uh, thank take you. care, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks. This beam of sunshine brought to you by... Aaron sent me a whole series of pictures of the hospital. Well, now we have to it's go. It's so neat. Why would the morgue have scratches on the inside of the walls? That just doesn't make any sense. I keep going back to that comment that guy made. That just seems nutty. You'll pardon the pun. Here's Tim Riley. Ashes can't scratch. No, no, they can't, Tim. That's a scientific fact, by the way. Mm. Well, there could be two reasons why you might have trouble chewing a Nestle's frozen stuffed chicken pocket sandwich. Is this chicken covered with chocolate? Uh, for one thing, it might not be done. For another, the sandwich might contain pieces of plastic. You're advised to think twice before biting into one of these sandwiches. After the USDA today announced the recall of 200,000 pounds of them, they've been delivered nationwide to stores, including the Safeway and Albertsons. Specifically, the recall is for one a nine-ounce box, well, so far, of Lean Pocket Spanish Artichoke Chicken, two sandwiches. Printed on each side of the box is... Best before date of November 2009. But best to turn that, that in right now. So Nestle's now makes chicken. Nestle's makes everything. Nestle's is one of those companies that you don't really realize how much they, until you pick up like a packet of light bulbs or something. It's like, you know, and it, on the side it says Nestle's chocolate and industrial, uh, industrial chemical company. Uh, uh, let's see. So uh, Mental Hospital Asylum, let's see, opened in 1961, closed in 1995, this is Damage Mental, uh, State Medical Hospital. After its closure, the former site was embroiled in a local controversy as it was a proposed location for a woman's prison. How great would that have been if they just knocked on the nutcase place and made it a, a women's prison? Uh, Everybody loves women's prisons. Yeah, uh, they, they do, Tim. Now that's a that's a that's a fact. All right, here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. Time for a penis watch. Here's your penis watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. This is a double penis watch. This comes to us from Indonesia. An elderly Indonesian woman, famed nationwide for supernatural skills and lengthening penises, has died. The reclusive Mac Irat, famed for penis extension treatment, incorporating traditional herbs and Islamic prayer, died in her tiny village in the western Java Island. Mac Irat, uh, who reportedly was aged anywhere between 101 and 130, prompted legions of imitations of her famous clinics, many using her famously craggy and birthmarked face to lure an anxious man. While her legacy has been closely guarded by male descendants intent on maintaining the purity of the treatment, Macarat has become a pop culture icon in everything from advertisements to teenage romantic comedy films. I don't understand what we're talking about. This is a woman in Indonesia who did what to your penis? Not yours, but I... No. <laughs> she, but in theory... She, in the... she lengthened many of them. In a sexy way, or... Well, no, apparently like it's magically. But I mean, in terms of, well, she used traditional herbs and Islamic prayer. Oh, I see. Okay, so this is a sort of, uh, so she's the, uh, you know, like, like that thing in America where they were just selling those capsules filled with dirt that claimed to uh, enlarge your member. That's correct. So she's that in there. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, fair enough. And now she's dead. She's dead. Okay. People have to go elsewhere. Part two. Uh, London. Cycling may help you stay fit, but here's a warning for men. Choose a right bicycle or else you can become impotent. According to an Indian researcher, Vinrod Norgrand. <laughs> no, no, I have all his books at home. Vinrod <laughs> Norgrand. 
Uh, the problems to look out for are genital numbness, erection problems, skin irritations, and soreness to the groin. I would say those are things to look out for, yes. Those are good warnings. It is pointed out that more than 60% of male cyclists have taken part in these research studies who reported genital numbness. A numbness is common because of the pressure the saddle uh, can impair the blood supply to this area and put pressure on the nerves of the penis. This can also affect the man's ability to get an erection. So please, be careful and choose your bike carefully. Now, do you have the third part of this penis watch? Is there a third? Uh, there, there should be a third. There should be a... Uh, do, oh, you know, the we don't have the best one. Darn it. There are oh. only two there. I'm hold sorry. On, hold on. I printed, I printed a third segment, so to speak, uh, for this penis watch. Let me see if I have it here. Hold on a second. Stand by for more penis watch. Stand by for penis. Uh, let's see here. Ah, we'll have to, I think we might have to come back to it, but I do want to get it today. Let me see here. Hold on just one moment. Uh, let me uh, see if I can search for this and uh, print this out uh, in real time. Wait, hold on. Mm. Oh, here we go. Let me see if I can um, Let me get this right here. I will print it. Uh, Richie, can you do me a favor? Can you go to the promotions printer, please? Uh, I'm printing something right now. See if we can find the story about penises. Bring it in. All right, I'm printing that right now, and then Richie Bristol will bring it in, and we will uh, close out the penis watch here uh, in just a few. All right, now I'm getting just nothing but calls and emails about this mental uh, place. It's, I just feel like we've been out of the loop. I'm mad that we didn't think, like learn about this It before. could become a tourist attraction. Wow, I'm looking at that. I mean, they really, but don't you think that they ought to make that... Uh, they ought to make it some sort of like uh, like some sort of nutcase Ellis Island. It might not be wheelchair accessible. Probably not, but I mean, it seems like it seems like that's a thing in Oregon that there would be interest in. People in Oregon are really into all kinds of weird effed up crap. Absolutely, uh, that's why we love living. So I mean, what is it? Well, I'm going to tour the the morgue and electroshock room of an abandoned mental asylum that, where they filmed one flew over the cuckoo's nest. How could you not make that into a? And they could put Starbucks yeah. in there. That'll bring people. <laughs> And a gift shop for the kitties. Uh, or pizza <laughs> Baby's Baby's first electroshock kit. The little ECT set for the younger uh, for the younger crowd. Um, yeah, so people are just. So they already in. demolished this place. Well, no. it looks like part of it has been torn down, but part of it is still there. It must be stopped. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so I wonder if that's a thing where we could uh, use the vast power of this radio program to hook ourselves up a tour. Uh, Seems like that's a thing that you, you ought to see. Sort now, what of, is uh, the name of the mental hospital? It is the Damish Mental Hospital. Okay, because I'm looking at it at their Wikipedia page, and it looks like hospital of the it's been torn down. But well, it looks parts of it. It looks like maybe part. Well, Tim, but you had the story that said the rest of it was still up, though. Yeah. There's only a section of it that's been removed. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do we have this? Uh... Oh, come on! It's empty. I just pr- I just printed this. It's like God it doesn't want to be. It didn't. Not want to be printed. It's like God doesn't want us to read this penis story. Uh, damn it. All right. Well, you know what? Let's close out the penis watch, and we're going to do it, but we're going to find this story, and we're going to do it again later. We're going to bring it back on KC and D Portland. So let's close it out for now. I will not be thwarted. my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. everything is going my way. Here's Tim Riley. Latherly, struggling to make dollars, those airlines. How about selling advertising on boarding passes? Yes, it's uh, supposed to help the beleaguered airline industry pay for expensive fuel. Several major airlines will begin displaying ads on boarding passes. For customers who check in from home, you can print out the boarding passes without ads if you want. Well, I think I'll do that. 
The airlines own the majority stake in some of these advertising agencies. And none of the parties expect to uh, say how, many, how much money they're going to make, but that adds up to 300 million pairs of eyes a year. So beware of more advertising everywhere in the airline. Take care, beware. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's uh, up? I was curious if you uh, wanted to know what actually happened to the final downfall of damage and what it is now. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. They were going to build a women's prison there. People in Wilsonville complained that it would damage their property rights. <laughs> they decided to move the prison to Sherwood, so they forcibly evicted people from their homes to build a new women's prison. And damage has since been torn down and built into a subdivision with half-million-dollar-plus homes. Wait, so now, but this story made it sound like it was still there. Oh, no, 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 no. Damish, uh, the company that was making all those homes actually moved their office into the Damish building so they could have everything on site. Um, and as they were building those homes, they finally decided, you know, where they were going to put homes there, so they tore that building down, and boom. Okay, there must be more than one building there. Yeah, so, Tim, what yeah. is it? Do you it's have... that whole Villebois or whatever subdivision in Wilsonville that they just put Oh, up. that's Villebois, okay. I, I don't even understand what we're talking about well, anymore. I know the site. So why was there a building with... With a whole room full of mental asylum ashes that the building's been torn down. Uh, Tim, do you have I, the story? I'll go back and get it. All right. Yeah, because because the story but, made but it that's sound... that's in Wilsonville, and the state hospital is not in Wilsonville, so it must be something else. Yeah. Well, Damish okay. was, was kind of the state mental hospital place, and, and as far as that particular crazy house, that is now a uh, subdivision with... Uh, relatively respectably wealthy people living All right. There. So now am I perhaps getting my mental asylums confused? Um, well, there is the state mental hospital in Salem. Okay, that's what we're talking okay, about. Okay, so maybe that's what we're yeah, talking that's about. that's what we're talking about. Okay, yeah, because that one still stands as far as I know. Right, that's the damage one is, uh, Damage is gone. Okay, so let's let's back up here. So there's the Oregon the Oregon State Hospital. Yes? Correct. Okay. Well, there are many places that are like the Oregon State Hospital, like an extension. Right. Like the Perry Center is the Oregon State Hospital for Children, or Oregon State Mental Hospital for Children kind of thing. Well, in terms of nut houses. Uh, yeah, the big one would be down in Salem. Okay. Okay, that's the one. And is that the one we're talking about, Tim, that has sort of fallen into disrepair yeah, and abandoned so. and whatever? So then how did we get onto the issue of the damage hospital? Was that just a guy who called up and was telling, talking about it, and in our heads we combined the two? Probably. Because we didn't know the difference? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, they, they did sort of turn damage into a corporate looking building. And they sort of I love the idea that it's just some sort of weird corporate like Well, uh, it had this park. weird veneer, but it did have a really kind of bizarre vibe. Um, I used to have to do work there uh, pretty regularly on a, on a nearly weekly basis, and it was just kind of creepy. Sometimes you'd go in and all the mission statement posters would be upside down. Well, yeah. I even have a worse story to scare you. Really? All right. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, no problem. There you go. Get ready for this one. Uh-huh. One of the most tragic incidents in Salem's history was the poisoning of nearly 500 patients and staff at Oregon State Hospital on the <laughs> evening of November 18, 1942. Many who ate the scrambled egg served for dinner that evening would later claim it tasted funny. Some saying it was a little salty, others saying it was somewhat soapy. Within five minutes of consuming them, the diners began to sicken, experience violent stomach cramps, vomiting, leg cramps, respiratory paralysis. Witnesses described patients crawling on the floor unable to sit or stand. The lips of the stricken turned blue. Some vomited blood. The first death came within an hour. By midnight, there were 32. By 4 a.m., 40. Local doctors rushed to the hospital to help out staff and doctors. The hospital morgue outfitted for two or three bodies was overwhelmed. Eventually, 47 people would die. 467 sickened. Though five wards had been served the suspected eggs, all the deaths occurred in four 
Officers, uh, officials are baffled. They immediately focused on frozen egg yolks. They all came from federal surplus commodities. I see. Another another lesson given to us by Tim the Vegan. Don't eat eggs of any variety. By the way, uh, Kristen Bowie just sent me the coolest email. She says, Rick, I have a wallet that is... I knew it. I was just thinking of that same wallpaper I saw. It. Sorry, go ahead. That's right. She says, I have a wallet that's designed after the floor tile of the damaged hospital. Uh, she said, you should see it. I, for one, would think that crazy swirled floor tile might not be the best idea for a mental ward, but what do I know? Uh, so I haven't seen it. I don't know what it looks like. But I she know. says she has a wallet that is modeled. How great is that that they have a wallet that's modeled for the floor tile of a nut house? It's well, I imagine they have a gift shop. It's that one. All right. Oh, that is tasteful. Oh, that's, that's kind of it's kind of weird looking though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember right. she oh. bought it a couple of years ago. I remember. Okay, so so let's just so let's stop and regroup here uh, because we are local and relatable here. So so the damage hospital about which we're talking, we can't actually go see because it's gone. Right. It's so now Villabois. It lives on. Only in, is that how like RGR Nabisco is now like Altica or whatever that company is? Eh, so that lives on now only in photo galleries online and in the, and in our collective memory. The Oregon State Mental Hospital though, which is what you were just talking about. In Salem. In Salem is still there and we theoretically could go see it up to and including uh, the room that contains the ashes of thousands of mental patients going back to 1880. Yes. All right. Well, see, now i got to put that on my things to do this summer list. All right. Hold on. Mental Hospital Ashes. All and that right. is at 2600 Center Street Northeast in Salem. All right. You know what we should do at some point? We should do a whole high-concept topic that is um, creepiest places in Oregon that are not the Shanghai Tunnels. All right. Well, there you go. Fantastic. Well, maybe charter a bus and bring a whole group of people with us. Do some whole... Do the whole... Uh, it's not fine corner north. What? Hello? Hello. Hi there. How are you, sir? Uh, pretty good. Hang on one second. Did Sarah, did you blind describe something? North. I'm, yeah, driving a truck around oh. some blind corners. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was calling up, yeah, you guys straightened it out. Damage to the one in Wilsonville, the Salem Mental Hospitals in Salem. My dad used to work there back when I was a little baby, and he said sometimes mental patients would attack you, and you'd have to smack them around to calm them down. But they're tearing down half the J building where Cuckoo's Nest was filmed, and rebuilding it to something else. And when they were going through the building, they found an old fountain that they're going to be putting out front and uh, redoing it. So where was the fountain at? It was in a storage closet. Uh, see, that's <laughs> creepy. The idea of a fountain indoors is creepy mm-hmm. to me for some reason. I, I don't that, know why. Uh, places where they you know, be. why would they keep something that large in a storage closet near all of these urns of ashes? That seems... The, the only thing creepier... Would have been if they had opened the closet door and the fountain would have been inside running. If the had just been great. functioning inside the closet. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, drive safely. Well, their rehabilitation services do offer art therapy, dance therapy, outdoor adventures. Yeah. They have a barber and a beautician. Uh, you can also go there for psychiatric services. You want the number? Uh, more than anything, let's. You should give it to me off the air. <laughs> um. All right. Oh, by the way, Richie, I just again uh, reprinted that uh, that penis story since uh, I won't rest until it's read. And then it just it be, and then uh, but then I got a snarky email that says, "Hey, by the way, you know you can actually read penis watch stories off your screen. I hate to suggest something so radical, but you don't actually need to print things. You can actually see them on your monitor. I'm just saying. No, no, I demand hard copy. All right, thank from you. From the sir. old school of reading. All right. Uh, I've, people have sent me 500 links now uh, to the um, to the damaged hospital, which is, of course, seems to be the most compelling of the two. Uh, 
So that originally opened in 1961. Yeah. The Damage Hospital. Ugh. State Hospital opened in 1883. And it has a location in Salem. All right. Do you want to hear the creepiest story? How about this one? Yes. Uh, This is about the morgue of the Damage Hospital. Uh, The construction... uh, Let's see. I'm reading here... um, The construction manager told me that a year or two ago, a couple of employees came to look at Sector D's mechanical penthouse, which is on the roof of the three-story portion of the complex and is full of ductwork. In the plans for for the Villebois, is that how you pronounce that? I think so. The Villebois community, which is being built on the old damage site, the three-story building is left standing, and they wanted to discuss removing the mechanical penthouse to put up a gazebo and a gas fireplace, among other amenities. They were... Wait, hold on a second. I... If I'm going to do this, I have to do it right here. Let's see. Um, where did I uh, see if I can? Mm. All right, let's try this. Can you not read it? There we go. Oh, okay. He says, they were walking back to the office when they found blood on the second floor. They decided to follow the drops. The first drops they found were dried, but became wetter and more numerous the closer they got to the source. At one place, they found blood splattered all over holes in the wall, possibly created with a pipe. They followed the drops down to the morgue, where they found huge, wet puddles of blood, as though the person had just stood in one place. This isn't the right music for them. And bled out. I don't have any... I don't have creepy music, though. I know. We need... Yeah, because it's taking away from the story. There were... I'm saying... I want to hear about the creepy, huge, wet puddles of blood without the... Why don't you hum something? Um, that, is, that, is the sort of, um, that is the sort of being swept off to Oz music, isn't it? All I have is the Dexter music, which didn't, doesn't really seem like it would work. Yeah. Um... There were also footprints and bloody handprints all over the wall, indicating the person had gone round and round and round the morgue. Startled and worried, Rick and his guests ran back to the office to call the police. Several officers arrived, and every one spent hours searching the building. They searched every room, every nook, every cranny, but couldn't find the injured person. They did find his entry point, however, a window with broken glass in the frame. The glass had blood on it, and was, it was clear he'd been badly cut by the glass as he entered the building. They never found him. They ran an analysis on the blood, but no ID came up. They assumed that he was a lost ex-patient and figured he must have exited from the same window he had entered, although they found no evidence outside the window that he'd actually left. Some time elapsed before the filmmakers came to shoot their movie at Damish. When they did, the film crew washed the bloody handprints off the morgue's tiled wall. All right. Oh, there you go. Oh. There's a little pick-me-up. Well, I am just bummed that we're so late to the party with that one. I really, I mean, it's it seems like that's a thing. When did they tear it down, Tim? When would they have made this made it into this community? Well, I don't know. They started Billabong a couple of years ago. Yeah, see, so we were here. It seems like a thing yeah. that somebody should have hipped us to. It's right. on two sides of the street. They they started construction on one side, but not on the other side. All right. Well, but there, so there's still a chance to, to, to tour the one in Salem, though. Yes. Filled with the ashes of the dead crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. We'll get some more calls here in a moment. Let's uh, take a moment to speak with our good friend Steve Kastenbaum, joining us from New York City. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing good. I'm in the Bronx today. Are you? Yes, I'm uh, at Yankee Stadium. Oh, that's right. You, so you were actually there now. I guess I'm not doing the time uh, change in my head because so, it's uh, 4.15 there. So what are you doing as we speak at this very moment? Not a lot. <laughs> just sitting here. Uh, well, okay. the, uh, the, yeah, just hanging out in the ballpark. Uh, you know, we get here early. We do uh, prep work, and the players 
are uh, arriving now, actually, and they've got batting practice uh, starting at 5. They open up the gates and let in uh, the early birds. Game time is at 8 o'clock. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty choice assignment. Beautiful so now, sunny day in the 80s, no rain. So are you in fact, uh, are you in fact a baseball fan? I mean, obviously you're there covering this for CNN, but are you, are you a baseball fan at heart? I like the Yankees, yes. I've always been a fan of baseball, yeah. So let me ask you this. So Steve Kastenbaum's baseball experience, what is the ideal baseball day experience for you? Uh, you know, when you go to, you know, to a baseball game just as a spectator, uh, what does the perfect baseball day encompass? I like an afternoon game. I like coming on a Sunday afternoon uh, much better than the night games because then, you know, you, you really feel like you're uh, you're here for leisure. You know, you, you show up, like, you know, just in time to catch the end of batting practice. You get out there. You're in your shorts and T-shirt instead of your work clothes, you know, for like a night game after work. And then, you know, you, you make sure you've got your, your plot, uh, you know, your course plotted out to the uh, concession stand that has all the good barbecue stuff. I like that. And then I, uh, you know, I go down there. Uh, I usually start off with a rib sandwich and uh, some French fries or something like that and, and a Coke. And then I'll, by, by like the third inning, I'm ready for an Italian sausage with onions and peppers. Uh, I gotta get one of those. This is fantastic. I do love the fact this is the most American thing ever. That one of the first things you do is actually scope out the most efficient way to get from your seat to where the food is and back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's very important. Food is a big part of the ballpark experience. And do, if you're gonna be Yankee Stadium, you have to have an Italian sausage. Sandwich, do they you know? actually do the thing at the at the baseball where the guy like throws peanuts to you in your seat? They do that. They don't throw much else. Just there seems to be just the peanuts. Uh, and, and you know they pass the hot dogs down the row. So you hope that, you know, anybody who's sitting in your row has washed their hands. So they don't have typhus. Yeah, that's why I prefer to go to the concession stand myself. You know, you know what the ideal uh, day at the ballpark is? It's the same thing, Sunday afternoon, but that somebody has been gracious enough to uh, give me tickets to those box seats uh, right behind the dugout yeah. with, with those couple of rows where there's waiter service, and you sort of check off a menu, and, and you just hand it to the concession person. They come back. With all your food brought to you, your beer, gotta have a beer, uh, and, uh, at least one. Yeah, you know, and, I, go ahead. And you never get out of your seat. You, you just sit there, you're a few rows back, you're, it's like you're on the field, and you're waited on like a king. I will say, I was, I saw something the other day, because you were talking about being behind the, you know, the dugouts, and you also get those, those, those seats that are right behind, uh, the batter's box, which are sort of, you know, what I refer to as the taunting seats. Because that's right there where you can really trash talk the guy who's getting up to swing. And I saw something the other day where it was uh, Alex Rodriguez who was I, I don't know if it was by the dugout or if it was by it was if it was by the batter's box. But of course everybody there in the front row they had all all the guys in attendance had just printed up big pictures of Madonna and they were just waving pictures of Madonna at him. Oh, I, I'm sure that's going to happen today because Madonna was uh, quoted in the New York Post uh, by friends as saying she's coming tonight. She's going to cheer on Alex Rodriguez and her friends said that uh, she's loving all this and that her marriage with uh, Guy Ritchie is fine, it's not in jeopardy, that they have an unconventional marriage and, uh, you know, he's really into his work and he's okay with all this and that she's really just been trying to get Alex Rodriguez into Kabbalah, but they're loving, you know, the media attention and they're, they love playing into it so that she's going to come here and like wave to Alex Rodriguez while he's uh, this, in the, um, on deck circle. Does it strike you more and more likely every day that Madonna is, is just, uh, and I hadn't really thought about this though. Somebody said this, it might have been on, I think it might have been on the Leica show somebody was speculating that 
Uh, which I hadn't really thought about, but Madonna really is the Madonna is the queen of self-promotion and of publicity, and it really would be kind of like Madonna to create some sort of weird, perverse viral marketing campaign for her tour by just busting up somebody's marriage. And now to promote my new record, I will destroy the marriage of Alex Rodriguez. Well, it seems like their marriage <laughs> well, is pretty volatile anyway. I suppose. And, and uh, I don't know if you guys read in the, in the post the other thing about Madonna's uh, brother, I think it was, said that he had all these horrible things to say about her and that she was cheap. And he went on some talk show and, like, her, her public relations people called him and said, if you do any more interviews, you will lose all access to Madonna. So he canceled two other interviews that he had scheduled. Yeah. Uh, it's just one. I think, he, I, think he, I think he wrote a book. Who hasn't? The brother. The book. brother. The yeah. brother. Yeah, because I guess he was. He was. He did a, her choreography and whatever up until a few years ago, and I think that's where this sort of bitterness has come from. Because I think she sacked him a few years back. So. Ah, All okay. right, my friend. Chacon. It's the last name Chacon. Ch- Ch- uh, Chacone. I believe. Chicone, yeah. Okay. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend, and your all-American baseball experience. I will. I'll see if I can, you know, grab some sort of memorabilia from a Yankee Stadium for you. I've got stuff, uh, you know, in mind, but it's going to be really hard with all the security here. Well, you because know? everybody. Well, grab it and then I can get it from you when I visit New York next month. There you go. Good. See, because everybody has the same idea, right? Everybody else wants to. Everybody wants to walk out with part of a Yankee Stadium floor tile or something. And the problem is, like, if I get you like a napkin holder, you know, there's nothing on it to, you know, to prove that it came from Yankee Stadium. So it's got to have something on it, you know, that proves it was from here. Well, if anybody can do it, sir, it's you. We have the utmost faith in you. I will do my best. All right, thank you, Steve Kastenbaum. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you. So long. All right, they go, Steve Kastenbaum at the All Star Game. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. It's you. Hello, Rick. Hello. Hi. Yes. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Enjoy hey. the show. Hello. Hey. Quick brush with a damage story yes. here. Um, high school, I'm taking driver's ed during the summer, and I've got the stereotypical PE teacher making some extra bucks, older guy, crew cut, intimidating as anything. Takes me out on a drive. We're going. I'm, I don't know where I'm going. T- turn left, turn right. Anyway, we end up at Damage. He says, park here, park there. He says, i got to go in and see my wife for a second. Just wait here. So I'm sitting in the car waiting for this guy to go visit his wife in Damish, not knowing what's going on. Right. About five or ten minutes later, he comes out. He's carrying this brown paper sack. I'm thinking all these horrible thoughts. What's in the sack? What's, you know, he gets in. We drive for half an hour. I'm not saying anything because I'm intimidated anyway by him. Finally, he says, hey, you're probably wondering about that. He says, my wife works there at Damish. I just forgot my lunch this morning. Had to pick <laughs> it up. But he's just enjoying it, stringing me out there. Were you just figuring that there was something awful inside the bag? I I'm thinking, what what do you get from a crazy wife in Damage that's going to be any good? Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess you don't know if she's a patient or if she's working there. I've been saving my own fingernails for a year. Here you go. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, All right. The whole thing just makes me feel creepy. I made an exact miniature of you out of my own navel lint. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Tim. How you doing? I think that phrase was a little too much for Tim. <laughs> uh, it's the Eiffel Tower made out of earwax. It's for you. Uh, hello, sir. Hi. Brent, hey, it's Scott Daly. Hello. Oh, it says you're Brent. Hello, Scott Daly, who's not Brent. What's up? Oh, thank you. I've got a, I've got a damage story. Because why does everybody have a story about this but us? And how come we don't have any stories? Seriously. We've lived here for a decade. And Scott Daly's seen The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. Hey, let me just no. ask you this, just real yeah. quickly, about the Dark Knight. Uh, yeah. Scale of one to ten. Oh, 
25. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks so much. That's okay. Yeah, no Th- problem. Thursday eight night. hours. Eight hours. It is, it is the, the perfect crime drama film and the best superhero film ever. Ever. Would you say, and so better than, better than Spider-Man 2. I'm talking about it. Yes. Really, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying because Spider-Man 2, I think, for a lot of people, has been the gold standard superhero film. This this has been moved down a notch. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to know anything more yeah. about it. No, I'm not going to tell you anymore. What, is your, what is your damage story? Well, my dad, for many years, was a police officer for Washington County. Right. And I went out riding with him one, one night, and uh, we got a call to a house where... This guy had been drinking Night Train all night long. Of course. Playing with, playing with kitchen knives. <laughs> and so my dad and another officer had to sneak in. He was on the phone in his bedroom, shirtless, of course. I hadn't showered in two weeks. And he, my dad had to sneak into this room and grab the knife from the guy. And my, my dad's about as tall as I am, about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's a big guy. Right. And the guy got at my dad's face and pushed my dad. And, you know, you don't do that with a police officer, sure. and especially my dad. My, so my dad maced him. Uh, and then guess who got to drive him to the state to Damish that, that yeah. beautiful cold morning with him, him screaming in the back of the car. His face is completely covered with mace. He reeks of night train and B.O. for like two weeks, <laughs> shirtless. Just and, and they we they had to hog time and lift him like a suitcase into the car uh, and he couldn't see he was born because of the mace and course. he felt his head kind of hit the door of the car and so he bashed his head like three times into the the, the edge of the door uh, and then we 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 got we got the damage we got him out and first of all the the vibe in that place is is so eerie and so creepy right uh you know it's all pastel colors and all nice and but it's just eerie as hell. And then we, he got out of the car, and it was, it was like 6.30 in the morning, and so it was kind of dewy outside. And there was a holly bush right at the main entrance. And by, by that's about a 30-minute drive, he could, he, could, he could kind of see. And he noticed the holly bush was right there, but it had water on it, so it was a hill block space. And he planted his head first right into that, the, the prickly holly bush and just screamed out in more pain. And... And I swear, as we, as we were leaving, the doors locked. We we had to wait for someone to come down. How old were you when this was going on? Uh, nineteen. Uh, okay, so past the age when it would have given you a good warping, but still good. Yeah, yo, yeah, just great, man. I, I still can smell that odor to this day. <laughs> I don't even want to know what a mental asylum smells like, or that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it was creepy. Excellent. Was creepy. All right, we'll see you on Friday, my friend. Yes, sir. All right, thank you. Uh, this guy says, hey, about these mental hospitals, the one in Salem is actually much creepier. He says, I suspect the stories haven't been coming out yet because it's continued to be used. When I was little, I had to visit someone at the Salem Mental Hospital. He says, this was back in the late 70s. I remember it being unlike anything I had ever seen. Much, much worse than what One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest actually showed. He says, I think it's kind of a wart on the state, hence no news comes out. As the other listener said, uh, the buildings have not been kept up, and from what I remember, the inside is a lot like the photos of European hospitals or orphanages that you see. So, eesh. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, gang members have apologized when they realized the Modesto man that they were stabbing was the wrong guy. The four men kicked down the door of the Modesto home where a 32-year-old victim was sleeping. They punched, kicked, and stabbed him until they realized he was the wrong man. The gang members apologized and left. And all was forgiven. Mm-hmm. Place in Auburn, Washington say a golf course disagreement turned physical when one golfer hit another so hard with a six-iron that the club snapped. The blow left the 45-year-old victim bleeding profusely from the head. He was airlifted to Harborview Medical Center in Seattle for emergency surgery. 
the policeman said the violence at the Auburn golf course seemed to begin with a disagreement between two groups of four golfers about the speed in which the first group was playing. The argument apparently started at the 13th hole and turned physical by the 15th hole. That's when a 33-year-old man grabbed his club and swung it at the other man's head, and he hit him. Oh, by the way, somebody has uh, sent me now. This is a, a photo gallery of this. That these aren't. This isn't. These aren't. This is not a, a damage. This actually is of the the uh, mental hospital in uh, in Salem, which is itself pretty darn creepy, by the way. So, <laughs> all right, let's do one more. We'll take a break. We'll come back uh, with more news, and then we'll we'll uh, play the sound clips from this uh, this infomercial about knives. That sounds good. I have that supplemental penis story. Oh, fantastic. Uh, an Orange County murderer defendant attempts to sever his penis in jail. Skylar DeLeon, charged with murdering an Arizona couple at sea, tried to cut off his penis with a razor blade in the Orange County uh, Men's Central Jail awaiting trial. He's 29. He was hospitalized after the incident. His penis has been reattached and should be as good as new. Uh-huh. And he was returned to jail. Somehow he got a hold of the razor blade and tried to saw off his penis. But he didn't do it right. Uh, jail officials don't know how he got the razor, which might have been taken into jail by somebody else. Hand razors are provided to inmates for shaving, but they are modified to prevent the blades from being removed. Well, we do know there was a lot of blood, and it was quite a scene. From what I know, he didn't finish the task, and maybe it was just too painful and made him stop. He was in the mental health ward of the jail in Santa Ana, and he did not have a cellmate. By the way, I do believe that this guy it was one of it didn't he, he was a star in the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger series, incidentally. Yep. Uh, they're seeking the death penalty for him in the 2004 murders of Jackie and Thomas Hawks of Prescott, Arizona. The couple trying to sell their yacht to Kim and three others on a test cruise of the, that 55-foot yacht over the South Car- South, uh, Southern Carol- South Carol South Carol South <laughs> Carol. <laughs> How you doing over there? Oh, it's getting late. Uh, prosecutors say he and the others forced a couple to sign transfer of title power of attorney documents and chained them to the anchor and tossed them overboard alive at Newport Beach. They're presumed to have drowned. Their bodies have never been found. That's a creepy story. It's a whole day of creepy stories. Yeah, By the way, creepy. I'm looking at this photo gallery of the J building at the Oregon State Hospital in Salem. Yes. And these are not, you know, doctored or staged photos. What website are you on? Uh, it's like a long-ass URL. Okay. I'll just send it to you. But there's the creepiest photo I have ever seen in my life. It is of an abandoned room inside an abandoned wing at the Oregon State Mental Hospital. Mm-hmm. And it's in a room that is it's a pale green, because they're all green, because mm-hmm. that's the, the color that's supposed to soothe you. It's a pale green room with checkered black and white floor tile. And in the middle of the room is just an abandoned rocking horse. It's so <laughs> creepy. Come look at this photo. It's just so weird. I don't even know why this would be there. Why would there be a rocking horse inside a mental asylum? If you're good, you get to rock on the horse. <laughs> How creepy, creepy is that? Uh, so, um, anyway. This so is just, the one that's still standing? Yeah, this is the one that's still there. This is the one that we're going to go see. Uh, I would like to go see it, yes. Uh, oh, I hope. Oh, oh, this ain't right. Okay, now here's another one. This is just this is just the photo of an inside of a room, and there's just scrawled graffiti all over the inside of it. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> that was so creepy. That's... That's the most unnerving thing you've ever done. Oh, With all the Batman wow. stuff and like reading the graphic novels, and it's like it's like all insane asylum yeah. all the time right now. Well, and let's be honest, as American co- consumers of popular culture, all of our mental asylum knowledge comes from movies and comic books, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're doing the Arkham Asylum thing. Tim's just being weird, uh, and then of course in my head it's all based on the Halloween films. 
So I just picture the inside of the door with like, Sam Hain in big letters, you know. The evil is gone. Gone from this place. Jesus. All right. Now what? I don't know, but in my head I just hear like weird sort of broken like calliope music playing now. Let's take a break, shall we? Hmm? What say ye? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do it. We'll come back after this. Uh, around the corner we'll get the, we'll get the uh, audio from this uh, horrifically funny uh, infomercial that I saw last night. More from Tim Riley. We'll be top five later on. And Richie Bristol, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Go nowhere. Like burning a Picasso. Well, then I give it. Hi there, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. Rick, you should have an Emerson Show field trip at the asylum. We can all meet there with brown bag lunches and eat on the front lawn before we go inside to look at the ashes of the insane. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, still to come, we'll do uh, today's top five. By the way, I should warn you, today's top five is a big buzzkill, too. Oh, great. Well, because I was looking at the top five dark songs because of the dark night coming out. Uh, well, let me look at the list. Hold on a second. Mm, okay, I would say... You realize I'm going to be sitting in the theater eight hours from right now. Of the six songs on the top five, you have five of the honorable mention. Of the six songs, it really four of them are just a big down. So, What's so, the, is the number one song a super downer? No, the number one, no, we end on an up. Okay, good. Uh, but I'm saying the first, the first four are really just like, well, it's like one big, just one big nad punch just over and over again. All right, uh, in just a moment, we'll be uh, rejoined by Tim Riley at the Ministry of So Truth. I've been trying to find some creepy music for our creepy segment. I found a couple of things, but I don't know which one's creepiest. Well, here's the thing, because I got uh, there's so much to get. You have no idea how much stuff there is still to get to. We haven't even started talking about uh, this brothel website that I got. I found what I think is the cheapest brothel in Nevada. I think it's the least expensive whorehouse in Nevada. That's so what we have, the Costco. We have, we, yes, exactly. It's the by and large uh, of, uh, of, of Nevada brothels. So there's that. I found this website that reviews Portland uh, escorts. Um, so they review all of the uh, ladies for hire in the Portland area. Um, let's see uh, what else. I have this thing about how to be a how to be an effective CBS radio, uh, radio street teamer to get to. We have this infomercial stuff, but then this whole mental asylum discussion has really sort of taken over the. But you know that's that's where we that, that is where we thrive. What with the locality and all. Um, so. Uh, do you have a music bed for mental asylum right, I have three songs that I found. All right. So I want to listen to a few seconds of each of them. Or, let's you know. test them. All right, so here's one. These are three potential beds, because we have a suspense bed, but we don't really have a creepy bed. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Can you back, back up for just a second? Can you, uh, wait, hold on. I've got a, um, okay. Okay. Just back up. What what am I trying to do? What was what was the kid the Dollinganger kid's name? It's Flowers in the Attic. Ah, it's all falling apart. From the best-selling novel by V.C. Andrews comes the story 
of imprisonment and incest. I can't do it. I'm screwing it up. All right, so that's one. Timothy and uh, Timothy and whatever his sister's name was in Flowers in the Attic. This is okay. This little made-for-TV kind of here. It was a family secret hidden for decades. And then one night, confessions were told. Attitude keyboard. Secrets spilled. This kind of sounds like a sort of mainstream, maybe early 90s version of like Exorcist-type music. This is okay. A little bland. All right. Well, my favorite. You know what we should use? No. Hot dog. We should use that, um... Hot dog. Uh, what's it, from 28 Jinkies. Days Later? Of course, 28 Days Later. Oh, the, the Godspeed You Black Emperor mm-hmm. music. All right, what's the third one that you All have? All right, uh, this one's my favorite. Okay. Mommy told me something <laughs> a little girl should know. Wow. It's all about the devil, and I've learned to hate him so. This is so creepy. He said he causes trouble when you let him in the room. He will never, ever leave you if your heart is filled with gloom. So let the sun shine in. Okay, you have to stop this. First of all, is that Tabitha and Bam Bam? I was just going to say, I that, think it is. that sounds a lot uh-huh. like the Flintstones. It sure does. But I don't think it's them. I think it might be, as absurd as this sounds, a cover of, of Bam Bam and Pebbles' Let the Sun Shine In. That music, the opening music is way too creepy. I don't remember the Flintstones version being that creepy. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, on the Flintstones, um, uh, Fred and Wilma Flintstone had a daughter, Pebble, and Barney... And Betty Rubble had Bam Bam, who was not theirs, but who was adopted. Um, but at one point in the Flintstones series, Pebbles and Bam Bam actually started singing songs. And it was sort of in that 60s era where everything was sort of, it was like the Archies and Josie and the Pussycats. Everything was sort of being, uh, you know, turned into, to, turned into a record album. And so they were singing Let the Sunshine In, which is kind of what that sounds like, but the music sounds different. By the way, can I tell you, as you were playing that music bed, in my head... You're like in some old Victorian house in a dark room, and there's a doll looking at you and singing that. That's, of course, what's doing. And that reminds me a lot also of that Whatever Happened to Baby Jane song. That, um, I've written a letter to Daddy. His address is heaven above. (laughs) All right. Do you want me to keep playing it? Um, Are you okay? We'll go back to the first one, if you still have it, and I will read this letter, and then we'll go to the the news. I do have this, though, too. What else do we have that's creepy? This is where you'd see the, the text on the screen. Fourteen years ago, he was incarcerated, vowing vengeance against all who had wronged him. Now, many years later, he has come home. What is this? 28 Days Later. Oh, is that what this is? Oh, see, I was thinking of something else. I was thinking of that weird out-of-tune music when he goes into the church, and there's the whole pile of bodies, and the priest starts Nailed walking at him. Up, yeah. yeah. I just watched this uh, movie again last weekend. God damn, that is an amazing movie. Let me read this. Rick, I think you're underestimating the creepiness of the Oregon State Mental Hospital in comparison to Damish. I just finished nursing school and had to do clinicals at a psychiatric location while in school. I was in clinicals at the Portland State Hospital, and while not particularly therapeutic in my opinion, 
it is at least relatively benign. I had classmates that went to the state hospital in Salem and reported that it was in disrepair and terrifying. One classmate who was cute, blonde, and petite was placed in a unit for criminal sex offenders and could not be left alone by the instructor for fear that she would be attacked. This classmate later told me there were buckets placed strategically around to catch the drips in the leaking roof when it rained and that the unit and others were at twice capacity and the staff rarely ventured from the glass-enclosed nurse's station. She added that there was an area in the back off the unit that was off-limits to staff where the patients engaged in ritual sex initiation acts. Just reading, just reading this right off the screen, kids. So they have their own skull and bone society. Apparently so. <laughs> Creepy mental asylum sex, except to climb. <laughs> That's a joke I can work into anything, by the way. That skull and bones, except to climb. Ever since having seen The Good Shepherd, I can just work that into any conversation. I just saw that over the weekend. Again. The Good Shepherd's a fantastic film. All right. Oh, I forgot about that movie. With that Matt Damon. Yeah, it's a really. Matt Damon. It's a it really. It's a great movie. It really is. God damn, I'm all creeped out now. All right. Um, that 28 Days Later music just really w freaks me out every time. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel really icky right now. I, I feel like I need to scrub. Who wants to hear this knife show uh, audio? Again? Well, uh, no, I haven't played. You've only heard one little bit of it, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, is, this, is this the one where he stabs himself? No, no, no. Oh. This is just from the infomercial. So we'll do this, and then we'll do a few headlines with Tim Riley. Uh, then next hour, uh, we'll do the top five. And uh, we'll talk to Richie Bristol. We'll go through this uh, street team handbook. All right. So I'm just going to play these in no particular order. I think this first one might be the one that we just that we that we started with. So this is uh, a knife infomercial that was playing yesterday, and uh, my wife, God love her, was good enough to sort of save and pull. You know, she she set it aside so I could pull the audio from it. I don't even know what channel this was on. So this is the first bit of audio, and I think this is the one where the guy says that it's not only the deal of the millennium, it's also the deal of this year. And listen to how and this guy next year. this guy can barely contain his excitement too. It's like it it's like it personally well, Rich, if you knew you had the deal of the year, you wouldn't be able to contain your excitement either. <laughs> I suppose that's true. It's like it personally angers him that there are still knives left to be sold, <laughs> since they are only ninety eight cents each. Rarely do we offer a three-piece dice show and a broadsword and four fixed plates. You know, this set has it all. Mm, oh, the yeah. Out there, that's a new item we've tossed in the deal. I can't, I cannot believe that at this point in time that folks, how many? Okay, I got three dozen cents left. If you want them, it's time to dial right now. Your last chance to own the deal of the millennium, the deal of 08. Hey, probably the deal of the year to come, too. Uh, so that's that. This is, I think, the first thing I heard. This is where she, I think it starts off with the woman describing uh, the container that you get for all 295 knives. The knives, they'll all come in this handy-dandy red toolbox that you see behind it. Great setup. What about a case of the Navy SEALs going into this deal with the Eagle Eye inset, vented blade, lock back? By the way, as we're playing, listen to it how it's... It like he's even speaking English. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> in, in there, lock back. It's like... <laughs> 
don't even know what he's saying. <laughs> it's it's like it's all adenoids. It's all coming right out of the, the epiglottis. And it all right there. You the cheese, the knives, they'll all come in this handy dandy red. It's barely up, words. Be behind it. Great setup. What about a case of the Navy SEALs going into this deal with the Eagle Eye inset vented blade lockback design? <laughs> you also will get in our mix. Check this out. The Barracuda Stealth Fighter will be included by the dozen. Over to the side of that, we have our executive wildlife series going into our mix. These are easily 16 to 18 bucks in most retail stores, 98 cents tonight. It's no wonder dealers worldwide have hooked up on our warehouse liquidation. It's like his throat is partially glued shut. Uh, this is him talking about the Richard the Lionheart sort. Scott, let's toss in Richard the Lionheart. The big broadsword, Richard the Lionheart. Now, the sword itself is a $2.99 value. The gold edition, Richard the Lionheart. I mean, just. Look at that coat of arms. I know. $2.99 just for the sword. Tonight, it's 98 cents in the set. Now, that will come with wall pike for display purposes, featuring a frost etch and the coat of arms going down the blade, beautifully done. <laughs> and tonight, you will get this item, a $299 item, yeah. for $288, bucks, <laughs> and then get 294 additional pieces to go along with it. Who needs 294 additional knives? You've been ruining your home for 300 knives. <laughs> Kids, you have to move out. Daddy's collection of knives is coming in the mail. You'll need to live in a tent out back. Uh, all right, and this is the final piece of audio I pulled. This is where, um, what is this? Um, I don't even remember what happened to this one. All I remember is that, at the, is that there's a point here where he, again, just goes right to the superlatives. And just trying to talk about how it's the best deal in the history of all creation. A broadsword, a three-piece dice show, high-end fixed Forget all those. Even when though you those can get all ones. that. And your wildlife. Forget all those. Look at the meat in the city. Uh, exactly. That's where the deal is. That's why this, this one has taken it <laughs> to a level unseen in the past. Now, here, here's the problem we're facing right now, okay? We have jammed up the lines on this set. Oh, let me just, just have to play this one Did for the beginning. Did you try to call just to see if the lines were, in fact, actually jammed? Oh, I really should have. He gives the number, actually, later on. This is, he does the great sales guy thing, by the way, as he gets onto this one, of, of, he pulls the, it's like when you go to, uh, um, it's like when you go to, to to look at a car or something, and they're always referring to some boss that you never see, and they're always like, look, now uh, the boss is really going out on a limb here. He doesn't want to get in that. Look, he will, the district manager is going to be in town, and if we don't make this deal, uh, my boss, uh, Jack. Fire me. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really going to be in trouble. So uh, Jack has really got his ass on the line here, so he's going to have to cut you. I'm turning into the guy. He's going to have to cut you a deal. So he starts doing that here, except he's referring to his probably fictitious boss named Terry. A broadsword, a three-piece dice show, high-end fixed blade. Forget all those, even when though those are get all that, and your wildlife. Forget all those. Look at the meat in the city. Uh, exactly. That's where the deal is. That's why this, this one has taken it <laughs> to a level unseen in the past. Now, here, here's the problem we're facing right now, okay? We have jammed up the lines on this set. How many? 
Okay. But you will have to die. you will have to get this place tonight because it is at the sellout. Point. What about Terry? Be your last shot at it. Island viewers, you are. You're gonna have to call Terry. Yeah, get it lucky. Three more, minutes, three more minutes, and then we're going to be sold out. You mean to tell me he works for a wolf? Well, when I have to pour out Terry, worry about <laughs> yeah, him. Terry's, Terry's going to be in trouble. Yeah. Folks, if you want in on it, it, it is time. You may want to utilize 866-577-1152. do have a few available operators at that number right now. This one's going to keep the lines lit. Okay. Sheila. You will receive a, a plaque to display the Richard the Lionheart with. <laughs> you wanted the other 294 knives. That's your own problem. Jesus. All right. It's like his mouth is full of saliva and there's, he can't quite empty it out fast enough to speak Maybe properly. Maybe he's a little chew in there. <laughs> to a level unseen in the past. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth here. Terry, Tim. take a switch to me. <laughs> and now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim. Terry's going to take me out to the woodshed. Jesus. Terry learned me a thing or two. Trying to sell Terry's knife. Can you borrow me that knife? Ugh. Well, of course, in the clock, we're now using high-tech alcohol-sniffing ankle bracelets to help monitor drunk drivers and other alcohol-fueled offenders as part of the county's effort to fight alcohol-involved crimes. Good luck in the Clackamas County. Uh, the bracelets uh, sample an offender's perspiration every 30 seconds around the clock in order to detect alcohol consumption. This is known as continuous alcohol monitoring, also known as SCRAM. The technology is used in 46 states specifically for long-term 24-7 monitoring of alcohol-involved offenders, including drunk drivers, domestic violence, and others. In Clackamas County, already 15 offenders of both DUI and juvenile drug treatment programs have been monitored with the system already, and county officials anticipate expanding usage to other alcohol-involved offenders as well. The Massachusetts Senate has voted to repeal a 1913 law used to bar out-of-state gay couples from marrying in the state. The law prohibits couples from obtaining marriage licenses if they can't legally wed in their home states. After Massachusetts became the first uh, state to allow gay marriages in 2004, Governor Mitt Romney, remember him? He ordered the uh, county clerks to enforce a little-known law and deny licenses to out-of-state couples, but now it's okay to go to Massachusetts. In your face, Mitt Romney. So I don't know what happened to him. Was he... I, he's a vice presidential candidate. I, I think for something, and then he's gone. By the way, somebody has pointed out that this uh, this guy, uh, the uh, to a level previously unseen, the knife guy, sounds a lot like uh, Chris Farley's motivational speaker. What the hell was his name? The in a van down by the river, that guy. Oh, I can't. Oh. In a lot of time eating a diet of government cheese. That guy, Matt Foley, that was his name. Uh, this guy does sound a lot. Uh, like, the best part is, listen to here how it's like, you can tell he all but wants to punch Sheila in the face. He's so incensed that she's focusing on the wrong element of the sale. A sword, a three-piece dice show, high-end fix blades. Forget all those, even <laughs> though those are all that. And your wildlife. Forget all those. Look at the meat in the city. Uh, exactly. That's where the deal is. That's why this, this one has taken it. <laughs> To a level unseen in the past. Now, he is very frustrated. He's been really. Well, he's trying to make his brain go a little bit faster than it wants to. 
He does have himself a notion, but... It, it's it, true. His brain doesn't cut up right. his mouth. The, the wheels just won't turn fast enough for them words to come out of his mouth. He's trying to express himself. He's trying to express himself, and it just isn't happening as fast as he might like. Uh, here's to Riley. Time for Darwin Watch. I have a feeling some bad of stuff is, is about to go down. Don't, wow. Don't. <laughs> Jesus. My parents don't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Hey. Oh, my heart just stopped. Ah, there it goes. Three bears at the Ukrainian zoo tore a man limb from limb after he fell into their enclosure. <laughs> As expected, the 22-year-old man was drunk and trying to get some close-up shots of the Siberian brown bears. <laughs> I get close with the bear to give it some sense of scale. Well, he lost his footing, witnesses said. The three bears charged the man immediately, tearing him limb from limb as he tried to escape, according to the... The uh, local television station. The man died. Well, what was left of the man died before keepers could uh, separate the animals from all the pieces of their their victim. That's, that's fantastic. Now the brown bear is highly uh, territorial and among the world's largest land carnivores. <laughs> it's perfect for children's zoo. So of course you'd so of course you'd want to be drunk. As, he was wanna... on his way to the taser show. <laughs> When he decided to stop by and hit the brown bear. I love the idea that it was three bears, too. Three bears. One Russian wasn't drunk enough. The other Russian was too drunk. This Russian was just right. <laughs> Is that the end of that story? Yeah, that's enough. There you go. There's your Darwin watch. Don't, uh, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites Russians. All right. Excellent. Let's do uh, one more here and we'll take a break. Well, loot, uh, cemetery behavior just isn't for kids anymore. An elderly buzzard's Bay, Massachusetts man facing criminal charges after exposing himself in Massachusetts National Cemetery. To whom would you expose yourself in a cemetery? I don't know. Frederick Harrington, who's 85, was spotted naked from the waist down <laughs> by another visitor to the cemetery. <laughs> A woman discovered Harrington lying next to a grave with his pants on. I'm coming to flash you, Barbara. Harrington said he was alone. He was trying to discreetly enjoy the weather. <laughs> he faces charges of open and gross lewdness and lascivious behavior. Ah, oh, excellent. Uh, by the way, this email says, Rick, I was downtown outside running around grabbing a sandwich for lunch, and who should I see? Eddie Izzard himself. Oh. Wow. Well, he's uh, he has two shows. He the first one was last night. The second show is tonight. Uh, signed, woohoo! Uh, so there you go. Yeah, uh, Joni Deroshi is going to see him uh, tonight. I think uh, I'm talking to Trey. I think Trey went to both nights. I think Trey went last night, and I think he's going tonight as well. So, okay, let's take a break. We'll come back in the next hour. Uh, more news from Tim Riley. We'll talk to Richie Bristol. We'll do the top five uh, dark songs of all time and uh, so forth. All right, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. So you finished Arkham Asylum. 
Yeah, and it was it was really demented. I, I do have to say, though, I did like uh, The Killing Joke better. The Killing Joke, I think, is considered by most people to be, uh, along with, obviously, The Dark Knight by Frank Miller, to be the definitive uh, graphic novel for Batman. I did. You do definitely, uh, like we were just talking about, I do see more of the Joker's perspective now and why he is the way he is and how much he does not care about anything, how he, how he just is. It's just bizarre. It's it's good. That's I'm excited. The, I the great thing about the Joker is, I mean, especially the Joker is sort of envisioned by Alan Moore and then I think portrayed by Heath Ledger is that the Joker, I was reading an interview with Christopher Nolan the other day about this, the director. He said that the thing about the Joker in this telling of it is that the Joker doesn't care about anything, including himself, mm-hmm. which is that's why um, his makeup is so decayed and his... Like, you know, like Jack Nicholson's Joker, which I really didn't care for, is just so carefully put together. Like, he's very dapper and very stylish and very whatever. And Nolan was noting that in The Dark Knight, the, the deal is that the externalization of how the Joker feels about everything is really evident in how he looks. That, he, you know, he's sort of made up and whatever, but it's all tattered and decayed and grimy because he just doesn't care about anything or anybody, including his own appearance. Mm-hmm. Which is why he looks him, lets himself look so disheveled. Uh, and that he doesn't really have any master plan for the world except, as Christopher Nolan uh, put it, except beyond just watching it all burn, mm-hmm. which is just which is just great. And the so. weird, uh, and like his overt, uh, like playing, playing on people's weaknesses, especially in Arkham Asylum when he makes all those sexual, um, you know, like almost comments or like, you know, actions toward Batman because he knows right. that's his weakness. So therefore just disarming him immediately because, you, know, you know, he's like grabbing at him and stuff. Completely. <laughs> All right. No. All right, so you get to see it in seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours seven from half now. Hours. Mark. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, all right, speaking of creepy, uh, if we could just... Uh... Richie, if you could join us in the studio, please. Uh, let's get this call here, and then we'll talk to Richie Bristol. Uh, Tim Riley coming up at the bottom of the hour. Top five dark songs. Hi, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Hello. Good. All right. Excited. Uh, let's do this call first. Hello. Are you going hi. To movie tonight, too, Richie. Movie? Are you? No, he's going to see it on a Thursday with the rest oh, okay. of us. No, you're the only one on the show getting to see it. I'm oh. a commoner. Uh, hello. Hi, sir. Madam, is the case maybe? Hi, this judge. Too, hello. Like that. Hi. What's up? Quickies. Hey. If you want a uh, place you can get into for free, just down the road from you guys, Second and Oak. The old uh, police central precinct, you walk into the lobby of that place, uh, uh, people obviously got beat down, died there, everything else, you can feel it. This is where it's, Second and Oak? Yeah, Second and Oak, the old police building. It's an office building now, so anybody can go in there. But, oh, you just get the weirdest creepy crawlies all over you. Uh, yeah. All right, thank you, sir. I'm always intrigued by places uh, that were once something that was sort of strange or weird or grimy or spooky or creepy, mm-hmm. and then they become uh, sort of like office buildings. When I was in uh, in Ireland, I did traveled from the West Coast to the East Coast, and we stayed in this town that um, the hostel was an old convent, and it was the weirdest thing. Like the hall, like huge halls, we stayed in bunk beds, but you could just feel something was wrong. It was, <laughs> Uh, and I'm not, you know, and you know me, I'm not a superstitious guy. Like, I don't believe in the, you know, specters and spooks and goblins and whatever. Uh, but but I will say that there are places where you just, you feel something kind of weird. And I've, I've always, the, big, the biggest example ever was when I went to Ellis Island. And there's just like a whole strange, creepy, sad, weird vibe at Ellis Island. I mean, the place just feels, you know, it feels bizarre. Uh, you just and I, I hate to say stuff like, or you feel a presence because that just makes it seem like it's hobgoblins or something. But I mean, there's, you know, for lack of a better word, there there is a very distinct vibe at that place. 
All right. Uh, hello, Richie. Hello. All right. So, uh, so people have been trying to help out with your hunt for whores. And by the way, <laughs> we know at the top of the program that the CBS, um, the, the the CBS internet or internet or whatever you call it, the IT department, you can access um, brothels but not whorehouses because we were able to go to. Um, and I sent you the link, uh, the links for these. <laughs> yes, you did. I was able. To, so you're able to go to the Chicken Ranch brothel, but not the Cherry Patch whorehouse. No. So I guess whorehouse is All right, just so one there's step the house. too far. Um, oh wow. So. Um, so we're going. Which one are we going to? Well, I've got. I went to that site that's just a nothing where it lists all of the brothels in Nevada. Okay, and which one are you clicking? I on? went to the Shady Lady because it's the only because it's the one with fixed prices. Oh nice. The Shady there Lady. There you go. One hour. The, the Shady Lady. Uh, so this is Shady Lady, if you'd like to play along at home, the Shady Lady Ranch, uh, dot com, Shady Lady Ranch dot com. I wonder what they look like. Locate, what well, we'll find out. Located at Highway 95, 31 miles north of Beatty, Nevada. Uh, we treat all our customers as VIPs, open 7 a.m. to midnight. Uh, and they are apparently, I'm reading here from the website, it says here at the Shady Lady Ranch, we cater to the working man. Uh, while others cater to high rollers, we feel it's about time that someone should provide great service for the average working man. And they are apparently the only brothel in Nevada that has fixed prices. So I'm looking at the menu prices here. 40 minutes, $200. Not bad. Is that Could for get... sex? I would imagine so. I mean, Where are you finding the menu? Uh, over on the left, uh, you look for prices. prices. Can you get like 20 minutes for 100 bucks? <laughs> I, would I think the minimum is probably $200. 40 minutes, $200. One hour, $300. Two hours, $500. Overnight stay starting at two grand. Uh, and then let's see here. Um, let's see. Shady Lady Girls. This month's special. Okay, so I'm looking at the girls. Hey, you can get gas cards, Richie. What? It does look like it's... If you spend $300 or one hour for services, you get a $50 gas card. So that's only 250 So I'm looking here uh, at some of the girls. That's math. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I could even be a Shady Lady Girl. Really? All right, so let's... Have let's, a positive attitude. Let's... Uh, okay, so I'm looking through some of the girls here. So there's uh, there's uh, Kai Kylie, her name Kaylee, uh, Lisa. No, I steer away from any picture where they don't show the face. Oh, it, totally. Uh, Lori. That's not on accident ever. Electra, Rio, Dakota, or Veronica. Who would you like to learn more about, Richie? Is that an Asian on the top? Where Kylie? Yeah. Well, I would imagine so. That seems like an Asian name. All right, let's look at her and. Oh wait, this is Lori. Now see, now see, this girl isn't cute. What was that? You know, snorting. That's, that's not a bad-looking girl at all. No. She looks a little bit like a, that's a kind of a girl next door kind of a thing. She's so small, you can't this even Lori see. Lori girl. Um, wait, I'm, Lori. Lori. She's you know she's cute. I would yeah. say she is sort of a sort of a sort of an all-American, slightly older thing going on there. All-American? <laughs> no. A little bit. I mean, she looks a little fresh-faced. Oh, that's better. All right, fresh? here's. Oh, I'm thinking totally opposite. This is Electra. Um, let's see, I'm looking at Electra. They have a heart-shaped jacuzzi tub, of course. Uh, yeah, she's a little... Whoa, do you see her teeth on the third one? Yeah, I was just going to say... Think, but think the, this about that, but... The thing is, like, her teeth look okay in the top photo, but by the time you get to the bottom, it's like she's grown more teeth somehow. Like, <laughs> all right. Rio kind of freaks me out. Don't bite. Um, all of these photos of the Kylie girl are really small. Oh, they don't have any bigger ones? No, no. Let's see. Uh, let's look at Veronica. All right, we're looking at... Dakota looks like she's been very airbrushed. <laughs> the, 
Oh, wow. Wow. Rio. This Rio girl is... Uh, they only got one picture of her. <laughs> and it's, I mean, oh. and I think this is the best they could make her look. Um, yeah, some of these girls look a little, uh, look a little dazed. What about Dakota? Do we look let's find one? another one. Hold on, let's look at Dakota. Oh, dude. She's not wearing makeup or something. I, no, I think... Should you get a C-section right there? <laughs> and it does, it looks a lot like a C-section scar. Maybe there are people who are into that. All right. Um, yeah, I'd say that we uh, remove the Shady Lady Ranch from your list of potentials, Richie. I like the prices. <laughs> well, I think there is something to be said for you. So they're the you only one with for. set prices. They're the only one with set prices. Um, but I mean, you can tell from their price. So they're saying, so they're saying, two hundred bucks for forty minutes. So you figure if they are marketing themselves as lower end price wise. So you probably usually let's see an hour would probably be like what. 300? Yeah, 300 an hour. So maybe you double that for the other places. So maybe figure if they're 200 bucks for 40 minutes, you figure that maybe the other places are perhaps twice that, right? Right. If their whole thing is to market, if they're trying to look at the, like if they're trying to be like a budget place. Yeah, but you you get four of them for 40 minutes for 800 bucks. Well, I mean, you can I think you can get multiple uh girls here. Uh but uh all right. one or two you probably run out of. Have you um have money? Uh, okay, you've put together. Have you put together the audio from this tour of the chicken ranch? Uh huh. All right, and this is clean. Yeah, I can. All right, I'm checking it. So, my name is Mark, and I'm going to be your narrator today on your tour of the chicken ranch brothel. Okay, so this is a, a guy. This is a first-person perspective tour of this chicken ranch, which is the brothel we were looking at yesterday. Uh, and this is a guy in the car with the camera going in, and I guess seeing it, and then meeting some of the girls. It sounds like Mr. Rogers. All right, so let's just. Uh, probably seen it on the internet, www.chickenranchbrothel.com, and it is a lovely day, spring day in March. We're going to go ahead and uh, show you where... Doesn't this sound exactly like the kind of guy that would go to a brothel? We're at... Oh, yeah. We are at the corner of Homestead and Silver, and it's just a short drive from Las Vegas... And Los Angeles. Is this the one where you said so that they would send a car to pick you up? On out. Uh, chicken ranch, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think you'll enjoy it. Hi, welcome to the chicken ranch. I'm Jade. I'm Alicia. Are you here to see anyone in particular? Not anyone in particular. I saw the website and everybody's gorgeous, but I thought... <laughs> Oh, gorgeous. I think somebody's, somebody's getting a discount for this. Somebody's been drinking. By the way, <laughs> a lot. By the, way, by the way, when you walk in, it's just like it's like a weather-beaten fence with a big Visa card thing hanging on it. I'd like to see him in person. So here I am. Well, why don't you come on in, and we'll give you a lineup, and you can pick from one of our lovely ladies. That's the limit. Ladies, you have company. This is all they're clicking out and their sad heels. Okay, so yeah, so this is where he's in the living room of this brothel and all the ladies have just paraded in. There's like six of them. And so they've paraded in and he's just sort of assessing them. Hi, I'm Jade. I'm Sugar. I'm Sophia. Okay. Sugar. Hey, which lady would you like to visit with? You know, I, I really, uh, I think I'd like to talk to Alicia and Jade. Okay. Well, then, if you would like to go with Alicia and Jade, they'll show you to their room. While I have another smoke. Okay. What's your name? Mark. Hi, Mark. Nice to meet you. 
So this is our bungalow, honey. This is where every man. This is our bungalow, honey. Doesn't bungalow sound really <laughs> perverse? Bungalow, honey. A girl right in the bungalow. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds like a euphemism for bungalow something. Bungalow does sound. That's a weird word. I don't know. I don't really like it very much. You know, the most uncomfortable place to have sex is in the bungalow. He comes to out here. Or maybe you want to go into our wild western room and let me saddle. Would you like to? Is she going to say and let me saddle up? Really? Fantasy comes true out here. Or maybe you want to go into our wild western room and let me saddle up. Well, I see another room over there. What's that one? That one's if you want to be romantic and just the three of us just do whatever comes natural. <sighs> There's just... It... Here's the thing, and I think maybe I speak for a lot of guys. Now, Richie, have you said? Uh, forget. Have you? Have you? Have you gone to a, brost- a prostitute before? No, no. All right. I got. Do you think you're really going to have the guts to go through with this? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, are you going to get there and, and find this whole thing really? Well, you, it seems like you're really not like you're more open-minded, but it seems like it takes a lot to really make you uncomfortable. Well, I already got a ticket to the luau, which is unlimited drinks. Uh-huh. On Tuesday what night. luau? What, what is the luau? It's an imperial luau on Tuesday night at seven o'clock. At the imperial palace, you're yeah. gonna get all lubed up at the at the. You know, the there are a lot of, it's only old people and frat boys that stay there, just to let you know. Really? Yeah, but I'm sure you'll find some like skank because the skank girls will follow around the frat boys. So that is true. You can follow around the skank where, girls. Where frat boys go, skanks will follow. But I think I did liquors. So. Maybe I speak for um maybe I speak for a lot of guys when I say that. I, I think I find the the um like the fake sweetness to be really off-putting in a way. I do. I, I could see that. It's like they don't have to be obnoxious about it, but I think I would, in a way, I think I find it to be like like if you're a guy doing this, I think it, that just sort of reminds you uh, of the fact that this girl is just pretending to tolerate you. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I think I would prefer it if she was just. I don't have to be clinical about it, but I mean, if she was just sort of very straightforward about it. I mean, I think it's the difference between watching like, whatever, like it, like watching like some like like some amateur porn or whatever, or and then watching the porn where they pretend that there's a plot. Like I, to me, just dispense with even pretending that there's some sort of a story happening. Just just get right to the business. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's look. All right, this is the Victoria's Secret room. What are you two doing? Well, Mark, we're going to show you what Victoria's Secret is all about. This is where we stop being ladies. <gasps> Let's get naughty. Let's get naughty. Let's get naughty. Mm-hmm. All right, well, the bubble bath sounds great, but I don't even see one. Where would that be? Don't worry. You just follow us. This really does sound you like know who terrible sounds porn like? dialogue. He sounds like the, um, he talks like that one dude from the swingers club that we went to. He's oh, the same mode yeah. of speaking. I can, t- can I touch your breasts? <laughs> see, if I want to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the word play. Just say, excuse me, I like your breasts. Yeah, it's, I mean, again, I have to really have to state, I have no moral problem or whatever, doesn't matter to me, you know, like I said, you, you know, you pay to get a massage, you pay a girl to, uh, to do you, whatever, it's all part and parcel of the same thing. It's, but it's like this weird sort of, um, sort of fake sugary attitude that I find to be a big turnoff. Okay, I, this is, this is fantastic. So we get the bubble bath. This guy sounds a little gay, too. Yeah. Champagne. Absolutely. Mm. We can also feed you strawberries. Whipped cream. What guy wants to go to a brothel just, like, shove strawberries in the mouth? <laughs> uh, I really want to... I'm really just interested in eating some fruit while I'm here. I... <laughs> what was that? Thirsty, or maybe you want a little bite to eat. We have a full stop bar. 
Do you suppose that everything in the bar is complimentary, or is it like a mini bar kind of a thing where they ding you afterwards, like if you decided that, you know, if like you cracked open the wine? Oh, I'd assume mini it's bar. Like a mini bar. It's like a good assortment of everything in there. Yeah, how about a Coke for you? How about a Heineken for you, honey? Perfect. And a Corona for me. <laughs> She's all class. <laughs> that was sexy. Uh, all right. Chicken ranch girls. Yeah. That phrase makes me laugh. Girls of the chicken ranch. <laughs> all right. I, I don't even know what is left. There's like a minute and a half left. I don't. I don't think like I care enough to finish it. Okay. Maybe well, Richie, look, I know we're trying to help you out here. And I found to... some pretty um, whores over on this site. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we haven't even looked at this at this site that reviews all of these Portland uh, hook, uh, escorts. Oh, I Where know. did well, you find attractive whores, Sarah? Um, at Sherry's. Let's see. What's it called? Sherry's. Oh. Uh, How do you spell Sherry's or Cherries? Sherry's. How do you spell Ranch? it? Uh, Sherry'sRanch.net. S-H-E-R-I-S. Oh, no. Sherry'sRanch.net. Is that where they serve the pancakes 24 hours a day? Um, Sherry's Ranch, I'm not... Sherry's Ranch is just taking me to, like, a squatting page. S-H-E-R-R-I-S? Oh, R-R-I. Sorry. Let's see. Sherry's Ranch.net. Okay, now I'm not getting it too wet. Would, okay, would you spell the Sherry's part one more time? Yes, it's uh, S-H-E-R-R. Oh, all right, I-S. Okay, I-S. there we go. Ranch.net. Right. Did you get it? Um, loading it here. Is there an E? <laughs> it's like I'm playing, it's like I'm playing Wheel of Fortune. All right. Okay. Yeah, there's no, maybe there's only one R. There's one R. S H E R I S. All right. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to buy a vowel. No, I'm not getting. That's not okay. Hold on. Let R A N C H. This is like an office space when they're trying to look up money laundering. I can't even find the website for hookers. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right, the resort and spa. Okay, here we go. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, a lot better. See, they're better looking. Wow. Like. All right. Here we go. All right. So this I mean, is not all of them, but. Uh, okay. What girl are you looking at here? Let's see. How about Cece? Um, is what are you? Kind of porny. Is that browse the ladies at the top? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to browse the ladies. Like okay, there's it, Athena in the beginning. Who all right, these uh, these aren't alphabetical. This is very. I demand that my hookers be. Oh, here we go. CC. All right. Hey, let me ask you this. Did you ever uh, sort of uh, come across somebody that has a sort of unusual name? And it's a name mm. of somebody you used to know, and you wonder if it's exactly the same person. Yes, that happens to me quite a bit. Can I tell you, there's a girl here named Trinity. and um, Does she look like a Trinity that you I'm know? just saying, I went to school with a girl named Trinity who was just white hot, or seemed so at the time. In retrospect, maybe not. Um, hey, you know, this CC girl's not, uh, See, not bad at all. You can email her. Okay, she's legitimately attractive. Uh-huh. Let's see, what about... Language I speak, English. Um, oh, Richie would like Maya. Toward the bottom. That doesn't matter. Rick likes Cece. That's who Rick <laughs> likes. Um, wait, hold on. Maya's really pretty. Well, I suppose. Hold on a second. I, I've got to finish. Up the dollar amount a little. Now, does it say you have no? But of course, we have no idea how much these girls would be. Actually, right? I already read a form. They have a form about really. So, so, how much would this place cost? This girl's really attractive. This Cece girl. You tell her Rick Emerson said hello. How much? How much does it cost at this place? Twelve hundred for two girls. Oh, for, that's good. for one girl, how much would it cost? One girl, one hour. What Which is what you're getting? Because they let's say just things. normal, straight just ahead, straight ahead, man, man, woman relationship. See, that's not bad. 
All right. Uh, what girl were you looking at? Maya, because you know Richie's been looking for. Um, and he wanted an Asian. If lady. you want to go, this is um, S H E R I S <laughs> Ranch. I think we've already given them enough of us. Uh, well, I gave like nine nine different uh, dot net. Okay, now this girl's not a, not Hello. bad at all. Yeah, see, I knew Richie would. Like that. <laughs> wow, <laughs> most the size un- of her. Did you see this? <laughs> most let's personality. See, most yeah. unusual place I had wow. sex in a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> at work in a brothel's honey bucket. Um, let's see. Uh, she is Thai. Uh, languages I speak: English and Thai. I'll tie her up. <laughs> you, have to, you have to stop doing that. Okay. Uh, this girl, she's uh, she's quite attractive. Now let me now. Is this girl, in your estimation, worth six hundred dollars for an hour? Yeah, an hour with this girl, six hundred bucks. If you're asking me before, yeah, and if you ask me after, no. <laughs> but I mean, if, I mean, if if you walked into the to the brothel, it was this girl, and she said six hundred dollars for an hour. I don't know. I might take two. Wow, of look the at this! She's red <laughs> seems You like, can get your Neapolitan, dude. It seems like at some point you're just yeah. gonna have to man up. And, oh wow! Oh, hello, they're really pretty on right what, is, what is her name? She this is, is redhead. Uh, let's see. This is at sherry'sranch.net. Oh, <laughs> There's her butt. <laughs> <I know. laughs> because Ariel, are you still hooked on your, uh, uh, you know, a blonde brunette and a redhead? Yes, that's. The You're not going to be able to afford three girls, Richie. Um, Unless it's like just for twenty. Just where is Ariel? Two. I don't even see where that is. Is she on the first page, or do I have to go somewhere else? I think so. Yeah, I just saw her. They have a lot. Uh, yeah, there's there's really there's like yeah, Ariel's seven... right below Sophia. She's third row down, last in the row. Um, no, no, you must be, I think you're seeing a different page than we are. Try page two. Maybe you can refresh. Uh, no. It's all on the main page. Page two. Uh, Richie, I think you're just going to have to, at some point, just man up, though, and admit that you're going to have to pay, like, if you want a hot girl, you're just going to, in, in a brothel, you're just going to have to pay for it. Uh, because if you, otherwise, you're just going to end up going to that place that's worth like two hundred dollars, and they look shady. like they got cigarette burns all over them. <laughs> they're all shady. I mean, I mean, I mean, really? I mean, where they just where it looks like they're being filmed through algae or something? Oh, here we go, Ariel. Ariel with an A, two A's. Yes. Or, yeah. She's. That's not her. That's not the one she's looking at. I was going to say this is the kind of girl that I would be attracted to, but I don't think Richie would because this girl looks really trashy. A R I E L L. Oh, that's a different Ariel. See, no, I was looking at the trashy. I was looking at the trashy Ariel. No, you'll have to turn one. the screen around. I can't see that girl. Yeah, let's see. I'll click on her again. All right. Uh, what celebrity would you say this Ariel most resembles? Oh, oh hey, hi. How you doing? I would say that's uh You know what she looks like? She looks like a much younger redheaded Kathy Lee Gifford. <gasps> I could totally. Right there. That's what I'm saying. If Kathy Lee Gifford was like 27 and redheaded. Yeah, she's cute. All right. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. I think uh, I might have to check this one out. All right. Jesus, we have to take a break, and we have to do news. We're not going to get to the top five again today. And this doesn't look like a shoddy, like, portable, either. <laughs> I like this girl about. <laughs> about. Um, uh, all right. You know what? We should we should put this link. Oh, hello. And when people can vote for. I was just going to say, we should put this link on my site. And then uh, uh, people can more. go through and they can sort of uh, decide which which girl they find the Logan most attractive. Logan is cute. Um, okay, this is I can. We just can't sit here and like judge girls. I was gonna say I can tell that this is gonna be a thing. We're either gonna have to start doing much earlier in the program, or we're just gonna have to stop doing it altogether because this is then just gonna be Sarah and I going through and looking at hookers. Uh, not that that's not an interesting way to kill an afternoon. Did you see this girl named Barbie? Barbie, I don't. Her know. name is her name is Barbie. Um. All of her information is blank, and it's just a huge picture of her holding her cans. That's all it is. <laughs> that's I, it. That's it. That's all the information one needs for her. All right. Uh, hello, Tim Riley. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm just looking at all these lovely young ladies. All right. 
It's suspiciously her face is actually, they have a big black dot over her face at one point. <laughs> like, it's a picture of her with, with her bosoms, but then her face, they just put, they photoshopped a huge, oh, oh, okay, now that's a, she's all bruised in this photograph. Ooh, wow. This is Barbie? Oh, yeah. here's Barbie. There's a picture of her where it does look like she's, um. Visit Barbie's dream house. Who wears bathing suits like that anymore? I don't know. And who doesn't cover up a bruise before they get their picture taken? Where are her bruises? And why is there a black circle on her face? That's what I'm saying. Doesn't her leg look Tim, bruised? Look at this. Let me look. Doesn't it? It's just a huge black oval over her face. Why did they black out her face? Really? Uh, if you're working... She must be extra special. <laughs> you have to pay more for the face. I love the jean on jean action with the vinyl zip up like over the knee boots. I mean, if you're working at a brothel, how much shame can you have? Seriously. I don't want my family to know that I'm slutty. I I think that that may have been sussed out. Ugh, Jesus. Oh my God, we've got to break. We haven't taken any breaks. All right, you know we're not going to get at the top five again today. I know. All, All because right. of the whores. All because everything Damn is the whores. fault of these whores. Damn you! All right. Uh, well, let's take a break. We'll come back with Tim Riley around the corner. All right. I'm going to post a link to this. Uh, so uh, people can go and they can uh, surf the horse them- themselves. Ooh, hey, my name is Jazz. Hello, Jazz. I can't believe they seriously put a black dot over her face. Wow. Okay, I'm looking. you got to check out this girl. She's this girl, Jazz. Her weight is 113. Her bra size is a 30G. As in, goddamn. All right, uh, I'm going to browse this during the break. We'll be back after this. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. By the way, if you go to rickemerson.com, uh, I've just posted a link. Play along. Um, to, uh, what's it? Dirty girl. Sherry's. Ew. You should have heard the conversation. We were but we were just looking at the menu that they offer here at Sherry's Ranch. And I, I, the first item on the menu it, where they, they just say the traditional yet satisfying missionary position. And so my question is, does that mean anything beyond the missionary position is like extra? Like you've got to pay more for that? I just don't. And then here at the bottom, because I don't even know how to describe this. So Sarah had used the phrase, hey, look at this site where they rate all the girls. But I think you had sort of not enunciated it quite clearly enough. And Tim and I both heard, hey, here's a site where they rate all the girls, which then led to Sarah wondering if they do some sort of weird role playing thing here. Like if they like, is that the thing? Like, would they would they do they even do that kind and of thing? I would thing? think so, because I mean. I mean, because if it's all like playing to your desires, I mean, wouldn't they cater to it? Well, and as you the just said, if, up of them? As, as you just said, if you're already a whore, I mean, really, what is the what, what possible fake boundaries could you be putting inside your head to make it classier? Uh, so if you go to um, uh, rickemerson.com, there's a link uh, to the Sherry's Ranch uh, place. All right, so uh, we'll do. Uh, That's not to be confused with the Sherry's where you eat French toast all night, is it? Is that a different chain? This is not the place where you eat French toast all night. Okay. Just wondering. Here's Tim Riley, kids. He's at the Ministry of Truth. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Oh, no. 
Barack Obama speaks up, up at controversial cover of New York Magazine. He says, everybody relax, it's just a cartoon. I know uh, it was the New Yorkers attempted satire. I don't think they were entirely successful with it. Apparently they failed at their satire attempt. I do think that you know, in attempting to satirize something, they probably fueled some misconceptions about me instead. He says he has thick skin and has, quote, seen and heard worse. Sounds like a medical ailment. Barack Obama has thick skin. <laughs> he needs the ped egg. Yeah. All right. Well, can you think of anything worse than 15 teenagers trapped together in an elevator? As they suffered dehydration after the elevator they piled into in eastern Michigan at the university became stuck between floors. Apparently, uh, see, two of the boys arranged from age 14 to 17 displayed difficulty breathing, and five or six others showed signs of significant dehydration after they were stuck in the University of Walton's dormitory elevator for more than an hour. All 15 boys were taken to the hospital. Only an hour? I was trapped in an elevator for an hour. What's Seriously. wrong with today? They must be overweight. Yeah, but there's, but there's 15 of them, right? Oh, that's true. 15 in an elevator. Seems like that would be less... Uh... I mean, you know, that would that would be less interesting than just being trapped into it with like two of you. They should go back to swallowing goldfish like <laughs> sitting on flagpoles. All right. Hundreds of Michigan manhole covers have been stolen. Dateline Flint. They've had to replace hundreds of manhole covers and grates that was stolen and sold for scrap. I guess they're still having problems in Sprint, uh, Flint. 400 cast iron covers and grates have been taken from the streets in the past year. They fetch at least $20 from the scrapyard. But cost the city more than $200 to replace. That's our news for now. All right. This ladies and oh, ladies gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. We'll get to that top five one of these days. One All of right. these days. So this is interesting. I'm looking at the frequently asked questions on Sherry. So am I. Are you? Yes, I and am. And it says about the billing? And uh, it's... Let's see. Is that where it says it's... Is that like where it says, like in your hotel when you get the porn or whatever? It's like movie titles do not appear on bills. That's it. Do you accept credit cards? Sherry's Ranch accepts most credit cards and has no surcharge. The billing is discreet, and your statement will reflect that you stayed at the Valley Inn. Bye, Tim. Bye, Tim. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour, the way through like us. Well, you know, that's totally because you know what? The little lady uh, looking. And do you see this, too, where it says, um, do the ladies accommodate single women? I it never, yeah. It never really occurred to me that there would be uh, women who would go to a brothel. Says we have several ladies who do see single women. Interesting. Hmm. Um, All right, so I was going through and you were saying to pick out the one girl. Okay, so this is going to be a quiz to see if you could pick out uh, the girl from the Sherry's Ranch uh, site. Have you uh, cruised through because I, I picked her out? Uh, well, let me go, let me go back to the lineup here. Hold on, let me go back to browse the ladies. All right, not to be confused with kiss the girls. Um. All right. Uh. Okay. I've kind of browsed, but all right. So uh, you're saying, in your estimation, this it's is who? your lady of the evening. I know. I know it for a fact. All right. Okay. Lady Heather. Hey, I was just looking at her. Yep. Hey. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> How wrong is that? Good for you. That, you know, that's. I, that was actually my first time I saw her. I'm like, oh, that's Rick's little lady. Her favorite toy is a rayon flogger, Sarah. Uh. So you even know, are you looking at her? I'm, I actually had. I had her. Um. I had her profile uh, open as you were saying that, actually. So. She speaks French, too. Yeah. I'm just... It's, it's the most unusual place she's had sex closet. <laughs> How creepy is it, though, by the way, that you just immediately knew that that's exactly... It is creepy. Here's her profile. You may call me Lady Heather. I am a queen of fantasy and dominance. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Doesn't Morgan Ray look like Paris Hilton, but with red hair? Wait, hold on. Uh, let me see here. Um, let's see. Morgan Ray... I'm not even really sure where that... See, the problem is they're not all on one page. It is a lot of work. Um, you know what that Lady Heather looks like? The Lady Heather 
she here's one of the other things that makes her hot is that she looks exactly like in um, Boogie Nights that scene when Roller Girl is going out in the town. In you've seen Boogie Nights, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That when she's going out in the town with Jack in the limousine to have sex with like some random guy in the street. If you were to give her black hair, she looks exactly like that. This is exactly what she looks like. Um, hey, she's special. I'm looking at Lady Heather. She specializes in couples, single ladies, and the handicapped. So, you know, FYI. You got a shot, Rick. Uh, thank you so much. Most interesting place she uh, had relations with someone chained to a St. Andrew's cross. I don't even know what that means. Oh, Jesus. All right. She just said, but she said the most interesting place was a closet. Was the St. Andrew's cross in a closet? I don't know. I'm looking at it right here, and it says, um, oh, no, no, no. I'm looking up above in her description. Oh, I didn't even realize they had Yeah, there's a whole description up there where she specializes in single ladies and a handicapped. Ugh. I wonder and how it is. Overwhelming sensations. I mean, you put that on your resume or something. And how do you discover that you have a special, you know, gift for having relations with the handicapped? Well, they probably write the profile after they've gone through the ringer a couple of times. <laughs> Baby. Uh, all right. We never got, we never got to this this review of all the Portland girls. All right, there's a whole site that just specializes. Wow, boy, I, I need some serious eye bleach after looking at this Portland site. We'll have to do that tomorrow. Um, hey, Richard, should I be uh, should I be taking? Do we have one more break? Yeah, but it's a small one. All right, well, let me do these calls and then we'll. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? Well, I wanted to ask if you have been or turned on to this one website called. Uh, well, it's spelled H-U-L-U dot Hulu. com. Oh, Hulu. Yeah, we talked about Hulu a few weeks ago, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Like, they have, like, 300 clips of uh, Family Guy, and then they have, like, the whole series of, like, the Adams Family. Yeah, we were like, talking about that, and then uh, and then because I'm a CBS employee, we should also point out that there is CBS.com slash programs, uh, which is very much the same thing with all kinds of CBS programming. So, uh, yeah, it is a brave new world in terms of television viewing, my friend. Indeed. Yeah, excellent. All right, thank you, sir. All right, thank you. All right, let's Bye. do one more, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hello, hey. Hey, um, I just had a quick question. Yes. It's, if, if the people are stealing the manhole covers... In Flint, Michigan, and they're and they're sending them to the to, you know pawning pawning them at the middle yes middle place. Why doesn't the city just go over and buy it from the middle place for twenty bucks instead of spending two hundred dollars to buy to make another one? Hey, that's a good that's a good question. I don't really have the answer to that. All right, clearly you need a position in city government. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right. This email says, Rick, can you imagine the horrifying layers of humiliation to be one of the chicken ranch girls? <laughs> Not only, and it's, that's like the least sexy, you'll never the hear chicken a chicken ranch. You'll, you'll never hear a reality show about the chicken ranch girls. Not only do you have to work at a brothel, boinking every haggard, stinky loser that walks through the door, but you have to line up to be picked. It's like a perverse adult version of being picked last for dodgeball in junior high. Standing there watching random dudes size everyone up and then deciding that you're just too hideous even for his already low standards. And honestly, this is where we stop being ladies. Did I miss the part where they started being ladies? Saddle up. All right. Well, let's take a break, shall we? Yeah. This is your job. It's awesome. Back after this, if you want to uh, get on board, this is the time to call. We'll do calls until the top of the hour when we return. It's 503 733 2 
970. Back after this. Who knew how there were so many escorts in Portland? Did you go to any of this uh, the, this review site that reviews all of the... Uh... Yeah, I looked at a little of them, but if you can't see what they look like, it's not fun. Well, you can, though, for most of them. Oh, really? Yeah, you click... Uh, we'll have to do this tomorrow. So we got part of it done today. Yeah, there's this site that rates all the Portland escorts, and then it's got... I'll show you. I'll, I, I spent the I spent just the last uh, this last break. I was like looking at some of it. And, all right, let me show you. Let's see if I get a. Uh, here's one of the girls. Let's see here. Um. Uh, let me see. I think the only one I was able to. Uh, here we go. So there's that girl. Ew. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How did she get rated? I, <laughs> I don't know. Um. Yeah, I um. Apparently, she has a sweet personality. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, we'll do some calls here to the top of the hour. Don't forget, Sarah Dillon is seeing The Dark Knight <gasps> this evening. Uh, so we'll be spoiler-free, but tonight... Uh... No, I will not say... I won't reiterate that enough. I just... I will not say anything. And then we're doing, of course, our Dark Knight premiere this coming Thursday uh, slash Friday morning, 12.01 Friday, at the Regal Cinemas in Tiger. Go to rickemerson.com uh, to find out more. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's up? What's up? Hey, uh, I just wanted to say I love the uh, versatility of uh, Tim Riley. I don't know if you heard any of the shows when you were in San Diego, but I had an old podcast that was playing, and Sarah and Tim broke in with uh, breaking news, and it was uh, Tim reporting that uh, Max has just peed on the floor. <laughs> and, uh, he uh, went into his uh, PDX spot, which is just equally as fantastic. Excellent. Well, there is only one Tim Riley, sir. He, there's That's no true. one quite like he. Uh, very quick, Rick, do you have any recommendations on, like, a digital voice recorder? I'm looking to uh, get the one not too high price. But a just... digital voice recorder, yes. Uh, something called the Ederol. Uh, and the, I forget what it is, but it's called the Ederol Voice Recorder. You can find out more if you talk to the fine folks at Super Digital, sir. Right on, man. You're the best. Thank you. All right. No time to be fair to another caller. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Uh, for AM970, the talker in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, webmistress is Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering, Brian Jones, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds. Uh, tomorrow, our guest will include Dorothy Carcassari, and we will finally get to that top five. Uh, like us next, Michael Maris show at seven. Uh, see y'all then. Until then, my friends, thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. I'm huge. Bye now. The machines, the knives, they'll all come in this handy-dandy red toolbox that you see behind it.